This week on Evasion of the Podcast, an Oscar winner is going to hell. Do we have a good feeling about Solo, a Star Wars story? And it's a summer movie Jeopardy deathmatch between Jeff and Paul. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of the attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul, and with me is Steve. Hello, everyone. And we're joined again by special guest Jeff. Hey, what's going on? All right, and it's going to be Invasion of the Sweatcast, uh, just so you guys are aware, because uh, it is hot in here, and it, I am dying, so I might just be a puddle by the end. That's just a heads up. Put me in a bucket like I'm on Deep Space Nine, or whatever that guy's <laughs> name is. Yeah. Odo? I'm just like Odo, yeah, I'll be done. Uh, yeah, uh, it is it is unseasonably warm for this time of year. I'm glad I invited a guest to come into this tiny room and talk about stuff. So, well, it's you know it's the humidity, not so much the heat. <laughs> or just it's my just slave the, Leia outfit is working out. <laughs> say, when I wore, it, I was walking out the door. I was like, Gee, should I take something off? And I was like, No. I, now I'm like, Oh, nailed it. Yeah, it's just the sexual tension. Just cut it yeah, with a knife. So, yeah. so Jeff, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks, yeah. man. I just I mean we we talked about Star Wars last week, and you weren't here. I figured if we're gonna talk about Star Wars this week, yes, you better be here. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so. no, I need to be here for this. <laughs> I literally have no idea what you guys think this time. Last time I came on as sort of a, a helper for our friend, but this time I feel like I'm here not knowing what the heck you're going to say. So Yeah, I mean, yeah. there could be a heel turn. There could be a heel turn for Star Wars. And <laughs> I just don't know. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I guess I, I, we talk about our weekend, but I mean, it kind of goes into our news. So let's just get to the news and we'll talk about the, the weekend stuff will kind of show up in the middle of it, right? So let's just get to the news. everyone i don't know if it's good news it's interesting news uh tom mcfarland's trying to get another spawn movie made and jamie fox has been cast as spawn yeah i uh i think this is interesting i think the most interesting part about it is that it's jason blum that's producing the film blumhouse is you know known for making horror films and i've heard him say in the past that it's going to lean more towards a horror film as opposed to a superhero movie um so i'm definitely interested in that i do wonder if jamie fox will actually embrace the character and play spawn as he's written or if it'll be jamie fox in a costume being jamie fox yeah i don't know i mean like he he's shown some range at times, but not always, like all the time. I, I just, I, I like him, but I can't say I liked everything I've seen him in. I literally just the other day was like, whatever happened? And then he came on, he's like hosting a game show. I was like, oh no, like you were like on a trajectory there for a hot second. And then all of a sudden the next day they're like, and he spawned. I'm like, cool. <laughs> okay, there you go. Uh, so yeah, I just, I'm, I'm, you're, you're right. Making it a horror film, I think is a better way to go. Um, Cause I mean, that's inherently what it is. I mean, even though, McFarlane likes drawing capes and chains. It's more of a horror theme. So, I if you do it right, um, Bloomhouse has, has has shown that they're able to make good micro budget thrillers or horror films with like you know that are effective. But then they also put out some they produce some questionable ones. So I, I don't know. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think they're going to go the route where, I mean, good or bad, the original Spawn movie was just too ambitious. I mean, there's so much bad CGI in that movie where they're like, no, we can do that. And it looks like a fan film now. Like, oh, if you sit hurts. down and watch it. Yeah, yeah, when you picked it for our Wheel of Death many moons ago. I was like, yeah, this is, oh, this is terrible. Like, I, I, I was really kind of into it for a second. Then the second half of the film, when you know that, like the money, like you could see, like the actual the moment the money runs out. Yeah. It's like it's like the Hugh and Peel skit where they do the music video where they show the budget, and as the effects keep showing up, the budget goes down <laughs> to zero, and then all of a sudden it's cardboard cutouts and everything. It's like that's how that felt. I don't think it's going to go the same route. Um, I think John Leg was almost still available if they want him to play. Violator. That's what I always think of when I think of that original movie. I just immediately go to him. He's pretty good. I just want another soundtrack with, uh, like, when they had like the electronic artists with the metal artists, because I the Spawn soundtrack is still really, really, really good. So here's a question I got to yeah. know. So here's the thing that's one of the things that is sort of besides the bad CG and stuff in the first one is the Power Rangers effect of the 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 face. Now, do they do something so that Jamie Foxx they just hired an Oscar winner to be a guy who literally you can't. You know what I mean? Like in the first yeah. one, one of the problems was he did a lot of the head bob talking, uh, which I'm mimicking, which is great <laughs> yeah, for because, audio. Yeah, like, the, the the makeup. I mean, it looked it looked okay, but you're right, there was no real good range of motion. Yeah, uh, as, as once he was in the actual spawn makeup and the mask. But you get that sort of thing like the Green Goblin in the first Spider-Man when the mask is down. Like, he's got to do that. Like, I'm bobbing my head so that you know that I'm emoting <laughs> or I'd just be standing here still and voice would be coming out from somewhere. I'm sure they'll probably go like the Spider-Man uh, Deadpool route where you see some emotion on the face. Like, yeah. the actual eyes moving a little bit. I think that I mean, I think it would work fine if they did that. I don't know. I mean, you, you could have a, a character that you never see their face and still the, the, the person performing behind the mask, so to speak can give you everything you need, right? right? Like this is not exactly the same thing, but you didn't see all of Dredd's face and you got exactly everything that right. Carl Urban was delivering in Dredd, you know? I would like to see, but I want to see is like a practical outfit and then maybe CG touch up on the face and cape if they're going to put the money somewhere. Yeah, I think that would be fair. That I think would be awesome. Because I feel like it falls in that weird ballpark of like, you know, Logan hit bank for what it did. And then they were like, okay, now we can do these other things. And then there's Deadpool. They're like these two outliers of all the superheroes that are going around. But like, there is, like you said, there's fancy capes and cool chains and there's other effects they need to use. So I just want to see it done seriously well. I think that was almost the title for Spawn originally was uh, Fancy Capes and, and uh, Cool Chains. <laughs> that, that, that'd I, be yeah. like Todd McFarlane's like ma monthly magazine. Yeah. <laughs> <put out, you laughs> know, like, uh, um, yeah, I mean, the more information we get, because I know I know McFarlane has been on Twitter at least the past year or so talking about his script, so I know he's excited for it. I mean, McFarlane, he, he, he's a lot like Rob Liefeld in the fact that like his his biggest fan is himself, so anytime you see him, from Todd McFarlane loves Todd McFarlane, right? So I will say that if you're an artist and you just want to like watch some fun videos of somebody drawing, go on to YouTube and look at McFarlane's uh, channel. There's like tons of tutorials, but there's also like you know, videos where it's like, hey, uh, you know, uh, X movie came out, so I'm going to draw this character, and he does it in five minutes. But it's fun because, like, most of the time he's just entertaining himself. Like, he's making sound effects and oh, yelling at himself okay. if he screws up. And <laughs> it's kind of funny. So it's, it's entertaining. Well, so did you know that he was also a minority owner in a hockey team? I did not know that. Yeah. But I, I don't know anything about hockey. 
Well, he's Canadian, so like he he's, he was a minority <laughs> owner in uh, the Edmonton Oilers. And the reason I bring that up because I'm sweating through the hat that has his logo on it. Oh, he did the third not the logo. Spawn logo, not the Spawn logo, but the Oilers <laughs> logo. So he, did, he the big thing was he made this big logo. Like this was about 10, 15 years ago, and everyone's like, "Great!" And then they eventually went back to their old logo. Oh, like, really? After. But but yeah, he was so excited to be a part owner that he's like, "I'm going to make a logo, and they're going to make a third jersey." And people were excited for like a second. So yeah, uh, but yeah. Anyway, Jamie Jamie Fox, I just. He has he has enough um, he has enough goodwill built up for the things that he's done that I'm you know and, and we're talking about this before we're recording and Jeff brought up the point or no, you brought up the point I'm sorry uh, Steve that um, that you could have cast somebody else but Jimmy Fox is the bigger name that if you're gonna have a micro budget horror film get that big name in there because that's that that's um, how much publicity you don't have to do. Yeah, I mean, he brings an audience with him, so, like, I understand the casting of Jamie Foxx, whether he's right for the role or not, we'll see. Yeah, because, like I said, I want a Michael Jai White again. I wanted the original actor that played Spawn, because he's pretty awesome now. Like, could you imagine how much kung fu he could get into that movie? That'd be amazing. But That would be pretty cool. Yeah, so, well, we'll see. I guess, uh, I guess getting... More spawn now with probably a better understanding of how a movie should function is probably a good thing. So we'll see. Hopeful. Yeah. Crossing my fingers, you know. So um, I don't think we'll ever get a like a big connected spawn universe film going on. I don't know how many <laughs> other characters there are, right? Because the one Angela, she's in Marvel now, isn't she? Yeah, that was a, Neil that was a whole Neil Gaiman issue where McFarlane uh, kind of uh, was a little dubious with uh, the way things were created and sort of stole a lot of that from Neil Gaiman, and then they. <laughs> Finally went to court over it, and Neil Gaiman won. So wasn't Kevin Smith working on a show for it, Spawn? It was a or? Sam and Twitch show, I think. Oh okay, yeah, the, those, okay, are the, okay. those are the those yeah. uh, investigators, right? Yeah, like the private eyes. Well, because there was the Spawn animated HBO series that I tried watching because it's on Amazon Prime. I tried watching a little bit of it, and I could see why it was a big deal at the time. It's it's really slow and not that yeah. great, which is a bummer. Because I was really thinking, oh, I could finally watch this now. It's not really that... Like an R-rated animated series. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah, I will say the openings with McFarlane, though, are pretty priceless. I don't know if they're on the Amazon version, but he used to introduce each episode, and like, it'd be him like inking a page, and he'd be like, have you ever wondered what it's like to go to hell? Like... <laughs> <laughs> No, I, that's that's perfect. I, no, that was if that was I would, would have watched the first three minutes of every episode. Oh, God, so. Somebody needs to do a super cut of that and just put it on YouTube. Oh, that's, that's amazing. So, all right, uh, enough about that. About uh, the movie, I don't know. And we'll move on to the next thing. This is this is also it's news related. Uh, if you live in the Cleveland area, uh, every six months, Cleveland Cinemas they announce their new lineup for the next six months of the the Late Shift, which is their midnight movies, which we talk about on the show often. Um, Steve and I want to bring this up one because there's some great movies coming and we love Cleveland cinemas and two, they always announce it with a free movie. So they get you to the theater with a free mystery screening. They show you some crazy stuff. And then they're like, by the way, there's other movies coming. So we went, um, Sunday night over on the East side. Uh, no idea what movie we're going to watch films. They've shown in the past is our Jim Cotta. They've shown that <laughs> they've shown voyage of the rock aliens, which I've talked about on the show. And it's a wonderful film. I didn't know existed until we watched it. A film called final score, in which a guy rides a motorcycle through a helicopter. It's amazing. Um, it was a final countdown. Anyway, it's, it's a, I'll, I'll, it's a cool movie. We watched, uh, unbeknownst to us, we ended up watching a 1983 Shaw brothers, martial arts film called was it holy fire of the martial world holy flame holy yeah. flame i knew i was going to mess that up and i, I wrote it down specifically <laughs> uh steve describe what's the story of that movie <laughs> please describe um, it in five words what <laughs> describe ooh. that movie in five words please crazy 
kung fu. Was there kung fu in it? I, I don't know. I don't know my martial arts, so <laughs> I, was, I just I mean, was there martial arts in it? <laughs> like, so, so Jeff, you know, you know the Shaw stuff, and oh, you yeah. know some martial arts stuff. Whenever, like, this is one of those movies where they say, "Oh, your martial arts are stronger than mine," but at, all I see is a bunch of sword fights and then like power moves that involve magic. I don't know what part of martial arts that is, but that's the part I want to study. Yeah, that's uh, that's the good stuff. <laughs> and the, you're forgetting the, the best the, part, like, the, the the ghostly laugh. Yeah. So like, well, yeah, one of the characters, this uh, sensei, not sensei. That's whatever. I'm I'm gonna mess all this up. I apologize. This master um, that uh, people feared and respected, he had an attack called Ghostly Laugh, in which he would sit in a crouch position and just laugh maniacally, and then the wind would blow, and everything would get shifted around, and people would get, like, internal injuries, and he would just <laughs> laugh and laugh and laugh. At one point, he, like, spun on his back like it was, like, a breakdancing move, and everything else that was happening, it was amazing, and it's called Ghostly Laugh, and that's, I, I, I want to learn that move. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know where to go with that. How do you top that with like yeah. yes? But anyway, so we watched this movie, and if you guys have not, just look look it up. There's there's trailers out there. There's bits on YouTube. Uh, it's it is just it's like unlike anything I've seen before. It was a good time going in blind, and Steve said it best before we start recording. You you know sometimes you don't know where a film's going to go. We literally didn't know from scene to scene where this film was going to go. Were they going to go fight the blood sucking clan? Maybe was the guy one guy going to show up in a cave in which he fought a bunch of Chinese characters flying at him? Like he challenged them. Like they, he would press a button and a character would come flying. Like a literal letter would come flying across, the, and he would fight it. And he'd keep fighting these letters mm-hmm. to solve a puzzle. I don't know what happened, but it was amazing. It's like it was like, yeah, it was like they were like, <laughs> yeah. hey, this this movie needs a Raiders of the Lost Ark type sequence for no reason at all. And, and it was then, yeah. yeah, but yeah, the blood sucking clan was great too. Like it was, but some of the some of the fight scenes were pretty like badass, as over the top as they were. Like they were doing some crazy things. It was a fun movie, but so check that out. But anyway, we're announced some of the movies that's coming. Uh, we got Aliens is showing up. Um, oh, that's a date. Where's the date at? Aliens, which if you guys don't know what that movie is, I feel like it's know, next month or July twenty first. So check that out. That's coming. Um, I'm excited for that. I'll be there. Whatever. I've never seen Aliens on the big screen. Me yeah, neither. I was just I I, that was it. going through my brain of like this could be it. This yeah. is my chance. Because uh, the the Capitol showed Alien a couple years ago, and I went there for that, and that was fun. But Aliens is my favorite of those movies, so I want to see that in the big screen. So that'd be a good time. The Running Man showing up at some point. He's running through. No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, which I know we just covered that on the show about a year or so ago. Uh, it's June 16th, so that is next. Actually, in like two weeks. Yeah. Uh, two weeks. There you go. Ah, um, that's from another one. Yeah, so <laughs> can I just go back for a second? Yeah. You don't have to go back. I was just gonna say the words to go back. It's a runtime of an hour and forty minutes, forty-one minutes. Is that possible? Like, <laughs> for the like no game? movies are that short anymore. I'm like, yeah, look at no, that. No, like, no, they no. used to pack it in. Yeah, they did. Right. Like, we watched Back to the Future the other night. I was like, this movie cooks, man. They just fly through stuff. It's the, yeah. gr- the best. Um, we got coming to America. That's I know it's showing up later in the year. Um, Coffee, that's the Pam Greer uh, film that I think that'd be fun to see in the big screen. Yeah. Uh, Pretty in Pink. I mean, there's a good mix of films. If you guys have any on, and the original Batman, not not 66, I'm talking. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, if you don't mention Batman, I'm going to get mad. Yeah. I mean, what's that? Two hours, six minutes. That, that's that. Yeah, that's better. That's a little loose. I don't know 2000s. how. Yeah. November 17th. So just around the time of Thanksgiving, we sit down with your family, you get to go see Batman who doesn't have one. So there you go. 
Yeah, I uh, I have so many fond memories of seeing that movie in the theater that I, I need to see it on the big screen again. I'm really glad to see that that one's coming. We were staying with my pa- my grandparents in Connecticut, and I begged them to take me. And my grandfather literally did not care for films of any kind except for James Bond and maybe the Pink Panther films. And uh, he fell asleep, and I literally couldn't stop talking about it. I remember getting on the phone to my parents that night and be like, and then the car, and then the shell came out. And, then, and yeah, that pretty much started my obsession all over again. Yeah, so there's some cool movies coming. So if you guys, uh, if you haven't made it out to a midnight showing, I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's like five, six bucks. You can't really go wrong yeah. with that. And it's usually a pretty fun crowd because they're all, you know, if if everybody's there going to go see Batman, you know that they're they're there for a reason. They're going to have fun with it. You know, someone's so, going to come in costume. You can almost guarantee. It. Absolutely, you yeah. know, and they're just going to put roses in front of the theater. That would, <laughs> that would be amazing. So, yeah. Anyway, well, it got sad. Yeah, <laughs> roses and broken pearls. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, so to go from that sad story to another sad story. So it was actually the best segue you've yeah, ever done. Right, best segue. <laughs> My bad. Um, I mean, the Margot Kidder joke we made a couple weeks ago was probably <laughs> that's probably the best worst joke that's ever been made. So credit to Steve. Um, this isn't such a, a big story to most people, but since we talk about Mystery Science Theater three thousand on the show, I'd be remiss not to mention that one of my favorite episodes is the Final Sacrifice. The gentleman who played Rouse Dower in that film uh, just passed away um, recently. His name was Bruce J. Mitchell. And if you guys, I, that's that's a harder one to find because it isn't streaming right now. But if if it, but I'm sure I bet you there's probably something out there like a Daily Motion or a Vimeo or something of the Final Sacrifice. If you've not seen that episode, it it takes a little bit to get going, but it's it's just a hoot all the way through. I love that episode so much. And Rouse Dower is the, he's he's Canadian Captain America. That's that's what he is to me, you know. And but the gentleman this for a movie that was made with a small budget that the people making it didn't really think it was going to go anywhere, and then it kind of became this cult thing because of Mystery Science Theater three thousand. You can only imagine this guy got like stopped more often because of that, you know. And I'm that's sure a fun are... thing, yeah, to be remembered for. I'm sure a lot of people offered to buy him a beer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Because he wonders, he wonders if there's going to be beer on the sun, you know. So it's just, you know, I, I like I texted Steve today. I was like, this one bothers me more than it should, I, just because it's like I like what was it a couple Cinema Wastelands ago? I bought one of the uh, MST3K box sets with Final Sacrifice on it specifically because I'm like, I'm just going to own this. And it's sitting there staring at me, and I've not watched it since buying it, and I feel like now's the time to do it. But, uh, but Jeff, like you you love Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, yes, I do. Uh, what's your, off the top of your head, favorite favorite MST3K? Oh, uh, the old ones? And, or oh, whatever. My God. Yeah. Oh, man. I, my problem is I never remember the names of the movies. I just remember <laughs> the bits. What's the, there was one with, uh, there was like a caveman situation, and then they the guy builds a, a hang glider. And I just remember as a small child being fascinated that they were making fun of this guy for building a hang glider out of nothing. Oh, see, you're going to catch me. I'm going to sound like a not A-tour real fan. I was just going to say, I think it's the A-Tour sequel, um, <laughs> which it wasn't called Cave Dwellers. I think it might have been. Yeah, I think it was, was it Cave, Cave, Cave Dwellers? Dwellers. Yeah. Okay. That's funny that, 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 you, that you mentioned the one that was the sequel to A-Tour, The Finding Eagle. The only um, other one that I can think of might be Ega, which we got in the live show. But there was no uh, hang glider being made in that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was a dune buggy that he drove. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, but early, like, oh, the, what's what, Time Warp? 
Uh, no, Time Chasers. Time, cha- time the chasers. one where the airplane. That's a good. <laughs> yes. one. That's, I'm like I'm. I'm picturing all the scenes. Like I said, I gotta like. I'm not good <laughs> like, at titles of the like movies. If, like I, that if, I, doing. if I was thin, I would dre- definitely dress up as that guy from Time Chasers <laughs> for Halloween. I'd wear I'd wear like a little like curly wig and wear a Castleton shirt, and no one would care but me. I'd be so happy. <laughs> You're like I win the Comic Con. I, yeah. I win. Yeah. No, Time Chasers is great. Time Chasers is the movie that you'd make if you were making Back to the Future, but only had a hundred dollar budget. <laughs> and you just really wanted to show the the splendor of Vermont, like yeah. New England. Yeah. So, and Steve, I, like your favorites, I know. I think you've talked about. A couple yeah. Of um. I mean, my top two are Manos, The Hands of Fate, and Mitchell. Mitchell's my all time favorite. It's Joel's last episode. It's, uh, it's the. See, it's, I need to see that. I don't know a lot of Joel stuff because I came into the Mike Nelson era. Okay. And I. If it's a matter of like you know what flavor you prefer, I like Mike Nelson's delivery a little better than Joel's. I don't know; he's a little bit more. He's less know. calculated. Joel's very it's very like an old school com- comedian where mm-hmm. he just like nails that joke and waits for the punchline. Mm-hmm. Where every, the other one, the next series, seemed more like they were just riffing. It actually felt more like they were riffing a little bit. Yeah, and, and the new ones, I know um, Joel oversees it, so the style is a little bit closer to that. But I. I enjoyed the new ones from what I'd seen too. So, I mean, yeah, I haven't seen a lot of the Joel stuff. Yeah. I'm really hoping they do another tour for Mr. Science Theater. That was, that was, that so, was much so much fun. fun. Yeah. Oh, I mean, if you, it comes around and it's live guys, go see it. It's a blast. Yeah. I mean, you had way better seats than I did. I was all up in the nosebleeds, but you know, it was still fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, all right. Um, enough about, uh, about Mr. Science Theater. Uh, I, I got no good segue. So let's just talk about some, uh, Han Solo. And now for our feature presentation. And, and one, it's the movie's called Solo, not Han Solo. That would be that's dumb of me. Let's talk about this Han Solo, not the movie, the character. <laughs> um, just to mention, I'm just going to let you guys know this is going to be spoiler filled. Um, you know, he eventually does marry somebody and has a kid that kills him. But you know, we're going to talk about other spoilers. Do you know why they are called spoilers? So yeah, uh, Jeff, you. You enjoyed this movie. I did. I did. Not not to step one, knowing you thought about it. I'm sorry. See See you later. We don't care what you think. We heard about Last Jedi. You ruined it for all of us. You're that guy. (laughs) Well, you said it sort of like too. Like you're like, so you enjoyed this movie. Oh yeah. What is wrong with you? Explain (laughs) yourself. So, because um, I know you were excited, you have you seen this multiple times or just the one time? I only got to see it once. Uh, yeah. Um, so that's very rare for us anymore to see a. It was almost a week ago, and if it's only once, that seems unnatural. But I'll get there again. <laughs> I took me a hot minute when we were watching. Like when it first started, I was like so in my head about it for the first time. Usually, I just go into movies. I'm just like, yeah, let's just see what happens. And this one, I was like, okay, do I like this? Do I know? Okay, do I like this? Do I like this? <laughs> and uh, I felt like I was saying yes more, and the joy on my kid's face like my son they kept making references so many references in this movie to think when he said Bosk my son literally almost jumped out and did a backflip and then came back because that's like his favorite character so like I don't know if it's like I gotta see it again but like everything that I liked about it I liked about it and ironically the things that I was not as happy about it are the exact same things I didn't like about The Force Awakens so I feel like I have a Kasdan issue <laughs> a, lo- a Larry Kasdan issue um, so I guess the, to start the, the whole discussion off, this this is the shortest time between Star Wars properties and the theater, right? Like, by a good clip. Like, yeah. we're talking, like, this is five months after. Was it five months? Five months after Last Jedi, right? Yeah. Um, so, that, the conversation that we had, I know there's some divided opinions about that film, and people are still working through their feelings about it. Um, 
But how did it feel like, like, cause I know we were talking about before we start recording about the Marvel movies are starting to come out like every four months or so, even though second half of this year is going to be a little slower, but they were coming out like a clockwork kind of like release schedule and we're being prepped for it. Right. Like, like I feel like black Panther came out and I'm like, that's wonderful. And I turn right around. I'm like, Oh crap. Infinity war. This is the first time as a star Wars fan that has to be like, I, I don't have time to really, really think about this because another one's coming. So how'd that feel in terms of like Star Wars expectation? Steve, um, on to you. <laughs> so I so mean, anyway, I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, the timetable didn't really bother me other than uh, the fact that I just felt like as a whole that I don't know that Han Solo as a character was the best choice to go forward with a solo movie, no pun intended, Right off the bat, only because we just two years previously, or two and a half, three years ago, seen Harrison Ford return to the role, and I, I felt like he was still fresh, and that might actually, you know, be a detriment to the film. It's not, but I, I just felt like that's maybe a movie you do a little bit later down the line, like maybe after you finish the prequel or the sequel trilogy. Um, but for like my own personal like experience. Um, I didn't really have expectations either way, so I wasn't really affected by the way it was released. Um, and I, I mentioned before we started in a conversation before we started recording that I feel like I'm conditioned now for the Marvel movies, so I don't really notice it as much. Um, I don't feel like a fatigue. Um, but I do wonder if that's just me being who I am, and I love going to the movies. I love this stuff, so... I might not have the fatigue that, say, the general audience might have. So the general movie audience as opposed to the diehard Star Wars fans or diehard movie fans. So I, I can't remember when, when did when did they announce this film? Because I feel like with um, The Force Awakens and then with, with Han dying there, like there was rumblings there was a solo movie coming, right? Like there It was, was that- before Celebration because that was one of their first what they called the blunders of Solo of like they brought them out at Celebration Europe. So it was Celebration well, yeah. Europe, but but, they, but everybody knew he was already cast and what it was coming. So they sort of like announced it, but everybody kind of knew. But they kind of like hid his. They didn't really show his talk. My kids like watched all of those interviews. And Wait, they didn't I, I, was, I was actually there for You're, that. What? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I paid for it. It was that was crazy. <laughs> like, we really had to get, no, I didn't. It was the best press tour ever. <laughs> You're like, listen, listen, um, Disney. I'm part of Invasion of the Podcast. <laughs> I have to be. I have to be over in Europe immediately to report have you all not been Star to Wars. the two one six, my friend. <laughs> no, that was the thanks all to my wife who'd gotten me a VIP ticket, so I got to go to like all the uh, panels and get like first access. So it was pretty great. So you found out about Solo before anybody else? No, but like <laughs> the thing is, is that like they didn't broadcast. The sound hit him first. And yeah, then some kid in the back was like, "What? Yeah, that guy just yelled happily." <laughs> yeah. The uh, actual uh, broadcast of I don't think they showed that panel. They though. didn't. That was the thing. I was just like, my son was like, "Yeah, on Solo," and then I was like, "Boop." <laughs> but there was nothing revealed. That was the thing that was crazy to me. I was like, there was nothing that we were shown that like couldn't have gone up like right. that's what i didn't get so so um, this has been talked about like so i guess the, my first thing is then if you knew that like after you watch the you know the force awakens and there was you know a lot of people probably figured harrison ford was out right so you you were saying goodbye to this character but with the knowledge that you know maybe not really you still, you're getting a movie in like two years does that kind of those things where it's like it kind of you don't get a chance to really kind of temper your expectations because you really haven't had a chance to say goodbye to the character that you knew because now you're starting to see his beginning again. 
And I wonder if people are... No, I heard a really great analogy of this whole new Disney Universe thing that I thought was pretty spectacular. So the last couple of Star Trek films, they're still out there, and they have to find reasons to get back on that ship, whether they get demoted or whatever. And then you have all these really old people on the ship, but they never took the time in the films to bring on a younger crew, even like, so the last three movies out, like bring some people in that they're like going to prep to be like, as <laughs> these guys kind of like, I'm done with this. Like you yeah. could have a, a continuation, a fresh injection of like, look, that young guy could jump off that thing and it's believable and he's not going to break his hip. <laughs> and like, and that was the sort of thing that I thought, yeah, that's kind of like what they've been doing is, I mean, they obviously are like, you know, Han and Luke, you know, and unfortunately with <laughs> Carrie Fisher's passing, which was, you know, shocking. Like, it's like they don't really have much of a choice. Um, yeah, but the, they the really. Way, the way they wrote her out of life was harsh. I don't, I don't yeah. Know. Disney sorry, doesn't mess around, man. I'm sorry. Kathleen anyway. Kennedy. She's just like, you're out. <laughs> yeah. Get um. on this plate. I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. No. So, so you're saying is that they basically they didn't do a lot of the, the, the like passing the baton. Well, I mean, they did a little bit with. I with think the it's important movies. to us, yeah. but like my kids don't care. I mean, yeah. they care, but they don't care in the same sense that like we care. Like, um, like I heard somebody say, like some kid's literally going to be like, "This is going to be his Han Solo," and I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, I, that seems strange to me." Like, you know what I mean? No, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think that uh, um, that if you if you if this movie would have existed outside of the other three Disney produced films, I think people would look at it differently and probably in a different light. I feel like it's it's been it's been a weird ride with these four films. And I don't want to necessarily blame solo for my my feelings towards the other three but we're we, you know we're starting to get more what, what you're saying about the way disney's approaching this right so um i and, and we haven't even talked about the story of the movie we're just talking about feelings yeah. about the movie i'm sorry no, I, it's I, all good. Uh, i'm just talking about my feelings i'm searching it out uh i feel like there was some backlash for the, um the last jedi because it um it 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 kind of shook the board up in terms of what a Star Wars movie is and expectations are, mm. and some people didn't like that. I feel like with this movie, it made sure all the pieces are in place. They're showing you the pieces are in place, and they're slowly backing away from the pieces as to not to knock them over. Yeah, and people are upset about that. Yeah, so I don't understand. I mean, Steve, I we haven't talked about your your feelings about in terms of Star Wars, like the uh, the custodial ship of this the, this timeline in this world, because this is the this is the more Lucas time frame of a film, right? Like this is the one that's more entrenched in that than even Rogue One. I, well, I mean, I guess Rogue One because it was that gap between a weird space between prequels and then the. I think the trilogy. thing that the, yeah. the weirdest thing was, are we allowed to? We're doing spoilers, right? Yeah, so no. I'll Castle Run. I'm going to yeah, jump yeah. in the middle. So the Castle Run happens, and I almost feel like at one point I was like, this isn't can't be the end of the movie. I was like, I remember like kind of being like, <laughs> I almost checked my watch. I was like, I need more, like more. This can't be the end. Like the race, this can't be the end. And then the whole last piece, I was like, that was the movie. That was the movie. The whole idea of these pirates showing up. You think they're the bad guys. You set up sort of this bad guy. And then you find out they're weighing, laying waste to wherever they kind of go into port. And then there's this kid shows up with these pirates to rescue these people. Like, that's a. I wanted to see 45 minutes of them setting up to take out. Um, what's his name? Uh, Dryden Voss? Dryden Voss. Uh, Vision. That's Vision, what, yeah, yes. yes. <laughs> like I think, like that was the, actually the movie, but they got actually really excited to do all the bits that you wanted to see. Like I was actually surprised how quickly the Chewie scene happened. Like the introduction of Chewie. Like in my mind, I had imagined this was the first time in a long time where I was like, "This is what I think 
should happen and it was different but i was like okay that was cool i'm, I'm down you know what i mean like i had a, a story already in my brain for too long about that specific moment sort of the end of the kind of like obi-wan and anakin kind of <laughs> moment like i knew in my mind what i thought the volcano was gonna be and i was like oh that was not what i imagined in my head you know i'll, I'll be honest i didn't like as, as soon as the the two um, Empire, Empire. Sorry, the, the the two guards were like, well, "Let's feed him to the beast." I'm like, "Well, what's the beast going to be?" And then all of a sudden, it started occurring to me, like you know, like that. That was when it started dawning on me what they're going to do. But mm-hmm. I had no clue of how they're going to bring Chewbacca into the story. And I, I thought that was actually, you know, considering the, you, these guys are best buds when you first when you when you first meet them in the, the later movies, it was it was kind of a good lethal weapon type of introduction to the both of them where it's like you know one one's has been pushed to all he's going to do is just try to kill everything and the other one's like i don't know i liked i like the interaction where basically when han's like i speak a little bit of wookie which i don't know how well that joke landed for everybody else i kind of liked it, it that was, was my guess for the day yeah. the kids and i before a premiere we always like write down our like this is what i think is going to happen that was my guess i was like han is going to speak wookie i guarantee it and my son gave me the high five during the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was right. So how did you how did you feel about that, Steve? Uh, that wasn't exactly my cup of tea, but um, uh, I got I get it. Like it's been five movies of him being able to understand Chewbacca with no explanation, so I get it. Um, my thing with at least the very beginning of the film when we're introduced to Han, the the thing that I got out of it was is that I realized that Larry Kasdan, when he was writing The Force Awakens with J.J. Abrams was like, I'm going to make Finn what I think Han Solo should have been. Because if you look at the way they introduce yeah, that's uh, fair. Finn, yeah. uh, even down to the fact that like he doesn't have a name, and that's one of the things that I really didn't like was, is one of the things that I said about this movie was, before we started recording, I said this to Paul, I think, in a text message was, is that the movie answers questions that you didn't need to ask. Like, I didn't need to know where the name Solo came from. I just, I didn't like that it was... I think they were, that was a hundred percent homage to The Godfather. Really? And they just pooched it a little, like okay. the whole like you're Corleone, and you're like, oh, he's Corleone when he gets his name when he comes to America. Like that was their moment to be like, huh? Eh? And then they they give him the name, but they didn't do it in the same majestic way of as The Godfather. I feel like that did. was the 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 Lord Miller influence of stepping on the joke on purpose to make it just be this big moment, and it's basically a clerical issue of like, hey, you don't have anybody solo. Like I liked I like some of the, well, the it's very Ellis Island. It's very yeah. much like where are you from? Well, that's your name now. We I don't know how to pronounce your name so i'm writing it this way that's how americans got a lot of their names oh, yeah. you know what i mean so like that's what i think they were referencing but they didn't lean into it hard enough i don't think I, well i like some of the um just some of the bureaucracy like of the empire where that guy was like sure i don't know who you are you're fine you're, you're gonna go be a pilot and then they cut the three years later and like on mud world wherever they were which i i actually kind of like that that felt like I don't know what was going on there. I kind of wanted to see a little bit more of the Empire's occupation of that planet because you had that um, that um, what was it? it's not an ad ad it was the the smaller one Chicken that, Walker yeah Chicken Walker is that is that the official name is that what they call it ATSC <laughs> yeah the Chicken Walker how it, just, it kicks over on its side and there's like it's like this miserable miserable situation. I've never seen that in a Star Wars film like that like that like Saving Private Ryan but it's like there's no sense of law. Well, the one guy's yelling, he gets blown up, which I thought was kind of great, but it was very much like, I liked how, how miserable it was and how the one guy leading the forces is like, we do this to bring, what was it? Freedom and liberation of the worlds or whatever. And Han's like, ah, 
they seemed fine before we got here. Like I liked, I liked all that where you got more of the boots on the ground look at the Empire. And I wish we would have spent more time with him as a stormtrooper. Yeah, I, I there think was that a that lot that of that. I nerd out because they just there. One of Kasdan's problems was they cut out all the. He's actually in flight training. That's and they one, cut yeah. all the flight training scenes out where he's getting in trouble. And then they so they cut that piece out and jumped. And that's one of the things he was like, "Oh, that was one of my favorite scenes." That's where Tag and Bink show up and all that kind of thing. Oh, okay. see that because he suffers from the same problem Luke Skywalker does in Episode Four, where he's like, "I'm a great pilot. Now I'm flying with the Rebel Alliance." It's like he keeps telling everybody over and over again he's a good pilot, and it's like I've seen you wedge a car in something. I haven't seen you do anything else, which. I don't know. I kind of liked it. That whole thing of him taking the speeder and trying to turn it sideways. And then it only kind of makes it almost all the way out. I love that beginning. Yeah. That thing, that whole thing, the shape of the ships, the way they were moving. It felt like, like when I was a kid and watching a Star Wars movie, I was like, this is a speeder bike chase for no reason. All squares. Except just to be like, boom. (laughs) All squares chasing each other. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I do think it's weird though that like why they just didn't use a normal like speeder bike. Like, why is it a different speeder bike? Or I just like Corellia. Just seems like just like this complete, just like rusting shit pile of a place. Well, it's and what I, I like, imagine like Coruscant's underworld was supposed to be like, and I kind of wish we would have spent more. Like, was I guess Coruscant that's one, or was that Corellia? No, it was Corellia okay. in the movie. But Coruscant has got like this underbelly to it. You know, up yeah. top it's. Very beautiful Jedi temples, all that stuff. But below it is this very seedy place. Mm-hmm. And we get that more in, I think, the Clone Wars cartoons. But, like, the two settings that I thought were the most interesting in this movie were that mud planet that we were just talking about and Corellia. Those are the two spots where I wished I would have spent more of my time in the movie. Because yeah. I thought both of those were interesting. Well, that's the thing that I think is weird about the film is, like, they could have gotten away with doing less of... They could have done He Meets Chewie... He gets his blaster and his name, and they probably, I know they would have freaked if they hadn't had the Kessel run in this one, but... I don't think I, I would have really cared about it. I, I mean, think they like, could have left it out and had, I'm telling you, like, the first half is him becoming, realizing how he, he leaves for a reason, he gets, so he's in the military just to escape, basically, and then you have the middle bit where he becomes disillusioned, but then he's off on this adventure with these cool pirate dudes, but then he realizes he can't just be a pirate dude and he has to do something good, even though in the end he still chooses to be a pirate. He still does the right thing, which is sort of the base of the character that we end up knowing, you know what I mean? Which is yeah. super dope. But that's why I think like you could have actually taken the Kessel Run part out and you could have had this really amazing ending... But I still liked it. I don't know. Like I, I'm a sucker for this stuff. Like I'm. He's like speaking of kung fu movies. Like I used to watch so many kung fu movies. That's even like when I saw the prequels. I was like, yeah, this makes sense because I watched all these kung fu movies where they were like, now we're doing this and now we're doing that and this is way too melodramatic and now we're now we're being silly and this guy has buck teeth and now we're doing a kung fu fight. So when I saw those prequels, I was like, yeah, this, this totally makes sense to me for some reason. You know what I mean? No, but so like what? A, so the jumping off point with the movie is him and um, Kira. Or how we pronounce her name? You it's know, um, Kira. I Kira, uh, you know the mother of dragons, um, which actually I believe yeah. was Ray's name in the concept stuff before Force oh, Awakens. Nice. So, okay. Yeah. And like, so they're, they're they're a couple, and then they get separated at um, at the you know trying to get out of the place, right, at the spaceport. Um, and then there's the handoff of the dice. Which, how do you guys feel about the dice being prominent in this? But also how it kind of was prominent at the very end of the Last Jedi. Like it's almost. I mean, it's by design that you saw them very much at the end of The Last Jedi, and it's a focal point at the beginning of this film. It's like, they're not sequels, 
but there's a definite visual reference between the two. Yeah. You know, that's, well, I know like they even said like with the last Jedi, one of the things they were worried about is they cut the scene in force awakens of him putting the dice back on the Falcon. Mm-hmm. And so like, they never even really reference them in that movie. And then they bring them back hard in last Jedi. Cause yeah. he was writing it, but I'm fine with all that. That kind of stuff makes me happy. Cause it feels like it makes it feel one worldness. If you're going to have a small world, it might as well be within the same characters. That's fair. I'd rather not have another guy show up. Who's like, you know, I'm, C-3PO2, and now I have your dice, and here's your dice. I'm giving, I'm bestowing <laughs> these dice upon you. Well, my, my thing with that is, and it's not really a problem, it's just that uh, I was always under the impression that the dice were what won the Falcon. That's what I always heard. And so I was kind of surprised when they play no role at all. No, it was that, it was that Space Uno or whatever they were playing. Yeah, uh, Sabacc, yeah. Sabacc. Yeah, which that's a Star Trek name, it sounds like to me. Like they're playing they're playing Spock. I don't know. But yeah, like so uh so the beginning, yeah, I I I agree. Like I thought it was a f- like a fun, good introduction. Like you already get the idea this 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 kid's grown up kind of rough, um, and they just he wants to go out and have a better life. But you but it does fast forward really, really fast in terms of just getting to the whole setup of him meeting um Beck. Mm-hmm. Um, which I loved Woody Harrelson in this movie. He was amazing. Like I thought he was so good as basically proto Han. I know that's the whole goal, yeah. but I really, really liked him in this movie. Yeah, he was great. Uh, I'm. Yeah, they were all three of those guys. Like uh, Val. Oh my gosh, her name's slipping uh, my Thandie brain. Newton. Tandy Newton. Yeah, she's, she was she's great. Aw- I was yeah. so like, no, what are you doing? You're taking <laughs> one of the best characters right now. Yeah, and that Rio. Was... I was like all in the bag for Rio when I saw him in the trailer. So. Did you like how they kept giving one-liners really, really quickly? It's like, I, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I it's nice to know that I'm pronouncing Wookiee wrong. It's Wookiee, apparently. Wookie, yeah. <laughs> well, th- like, it just seems like all the like the, all the animated characters, oh, we could get rid of them. The people will like them. <laughs> Let's just kill them in front of your eyes every single chance we get. You know. But yeah, Rio, Rio was interesting. He was in the movie for all of, what, like 10 minutes? To maybe, you know? Yeah. And John Favreau was voicing him. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's kind of great. I don't know why. I just love the fact that this guy is an actor, like a director, directed the first two Iron Man movies, and now he's just voicing Star Wars characters. Like, yeah. what a life. You yeah. know? Well, like, I mean, on that t- subject, he voiced characters on the Clone Wars cartoon. And oh. Then, um, and he's doing the TV series now. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He's directing the Netflix series, right? But, uh, so, yeah. The thing about, I just want to go back to Tandy Newton real quick. Um, I was disappointed that she was killed off so quickly. Um, yeah. I don't know if anybody listens, watches Westworld, but she's literally the best thing on that show. Yeah. yeah. She's, um, awesome. she's fantastic on that show. So, like, she's in the, this movie again for like 10 minutes. Yeah, but they gave her some badass moments when she's on the, the train bridge. Shooting at those um, those drones, right? Like that, she was a badass. Like I, I liked. I think it like, would have been more impactful though if she'd have made it through the movie and then had that moment at the end. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I was they just killed her shocked that because like, okay, Rio was a, a computer animated character, but voiced by somebody we know. But like, you know who that girl is, so you assume that she's going to be in it longer just because yeah. she's more of a name human in yeah. the real world. No, there was a lot of collateral damage in this movie. Like, like I, I figured after the sucker punch of Rogue One, which really is a sucker punch. It's like you kind of knew, like, why aren't these characters in the latest movies? Oh, that's why. Like you, like you couldn't. You could bring back Alan Tudyk. He could bring back K two S. So I don't care. Just please, just bring. That's what I'm saying. Bring him back. But you knew that pretty much none of them were going to make it out, right? It was like the Dirty Dozen type of situation. This one, I didn't think they had to do that, but they kept doing that still. <laughs> and it's like, is it just because they either are so excited for other characters to come or it's just more like, no, 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 we got to make sure everybody just focuses on the Wookiee and that Han kid. Keep Kill, kill the forearm thing. Uh, there's a droid that we kind of like, 
yeah, I don't know if they're going to make it. You know, like it was really, it was some weird choices. So, um, going back to Rogue One real quick, I mean, that's I think what I loved most about that movie was is that like the fact that they don't get out. There are real stakes, and I think that was ultimately one of the issues that I had with this was is that I knew no matter what the outcome of this movie was, Han, Lando, Chewbacca were all going to be in place no matter what. Like, you're not going to end that movie with Lando dying, you know? Like, (laughs) there's there's certain things that are take the, the tension out of a prequel. You well, know? No, I, I agree with um, you. I, it's, you're right. And that's why when they first announced this, I'm like, what's the point? Because we already know where he ends up, right? Uh, you know, at the, at the bottom of Starkiller base. Right. With the hole in him. <laughs> oh, and then they blew that base up. Too. Yeah. Don't yeah, forget, that, that yeah, was in his contract. That. You could oh. stab me, throw me off the bridge into the bottomless pit, and then blow that planet up, please. Thank you. <laughs> oh, and hey, there was no large ball-shaped weapon in this movie, by the way. That's also a first. I was, <laughs> like, like, you talk about, like, the Kessel Run being, like, that's the big, like, you know, the last big push before they get to like the denouement with all the people mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, it was, it was kind of, that's almost a Star Trek ending and I'm okay with that because it was more the stakes other than what was going on inside the ship. The stakes weren't the fate of the universe. And yeah. I kind of, that was kind of refreshing. It was just more about these guys that got in way over their heads and to get out, they make an even more dangerous decision and I loved, and I did like the sequence whenever Han's basically trying to get Kira to feed him information. Like, he's like, well, what about the one thing? And he's just like leaving these possibilities out there and acting like he's coming up with this plan because he thinks it's going to be the way out. And he puts them in a terrible position. I really, really kind of liked that in over their head thing, as opposed to we got to, we got to get, we got to fight the rebel Alliance now because you know, we're, even though we're con people and, and pirates, you know, those guys are worse. I never got that vibe. I liked, I liked that a lot about this movie. I have two questions, uh, that I want to ask about the film. I, I was waiting for you to be like, to, to ask myself, like, <laughs> did I like it? No. So, Why? See question one. So the first question, <laughs> <laughs> No, the first question is, what did you guys think of the score? Did, did you walk out I, like I'm not feeling... a big fan at all of the... Like, I know they did it really well in Batman. That was the thing that the last two Bond movies did wrong, too. They keep doing this thing where they're like, the score is like that, like... Everything's Hans Zimmerfied now. Like, yeah, because, Rogue One yeah. did not. I thought Some Rogue, Rogue One, One score was, was amazing. That's uh, Michael Giacchino, I think. Mm-hmm. The guy, like, he he did, pulled the yeah. right instrumentation from John Williams out of there. And I know, well, I don't know the scoring on this. It, nothing about stood out to me. I, I actually really, really kind of liked the more grungy guitar sounding take on it in the trailers. And I was really kind of hoping I thought that we got a little bit of that too. Like trying to warm us up to that. That's what we were getting, but that's too far of a departure. Right. And it's like, I was kind of hoping cause he's rough and tumble. Give us a rough and tumble score to go with it. You know, like, if you're gonna if you're gonna make some some like if you're not gonna change the character arc and give us anything surprising there, give us something surprising elsewhere. And the score was okay, but nothing memorable. I can't recall really much about it. Yeah, I mean there were two things that stuck out to me about the score. One was that, and it's not technically the score, but I really did not like the fact that it felt just too self aware that the Empire uses the Imperial March as its theme music. I got a nerd out. Okay, and the radio dramas they did that. I've heard that. I still don't they like do. it. <laughs> Luke is literally in the in his root thing, fixing his ship, going dun 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 dun, 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 dun like listening to the ad because he wants to join. 
I, ca- I kind of like that. That also feels like Lord of Miller's influence there, where it's like, be something, join. <laughs> it, it just keeps saying it over and over again. It was it was such a, I don't know. I didn't mind that. Um, it's I don't know. That music cue shows up with everything though. So the fact that it exists in that world, I mean, God knows the characters heard it enough. It has to show up somewhere, right? So well, there. The other thing I was gonna say was is that supposedly. Um, John Williams wrote a Han Solo theme, and I don't know where it's at in the movie. I don't know either. I listened to it today, just in prep for this thing, since I couldn't uh, watch the movie again. I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to some of the score and get my brain back wrapped around it. It was fine. Just nothing. It wasn't, yeah. yeah. It but wasn't. I thought it was a cheat that later in the movie, during the Kessel Run, they use both pieces of the score from A New Hope and then from Empire in the asteroid field. And I'm like, you can't just, like, it didn't fit. Like, it felt like we are like, hey, remember these movies where we had similar moments in the Millennium Falcon? That's funny because I didn't pick up on that at all. Like, okay. and it's like, But it's like, that's one of the things that stuck like a thorn in my head watching Jurassic World was all the music cues and that reminding you of another movie. Okay. So I could see how that could be... Like, if, if you know this backwards and forwards enough, they'd be like, really? That's what you're going for? I didn't pick up on that. I actually, I didn't mind, I didn't mind the whole Kessel run bit, especially whenever there's the segment whenever, like, the TIE fighters are chasing them, which, of course, you got to have TIE fighters show up sometime in the Star Wars movie, no matter what, right? Though I did like how they kind of fit, the Empire kind of, like, showed up being like, oh, some shit was going down at this mine. We got to go check it out. I like that their inadvertent plan falling apart is what drew the Empire's attention. And it wasn't just attacked on, like, we have to bring the bad guys here. Right. That felt organic to me. Um, but when like when they're fighting the TIE fighters, and then um, there's some fun stuff that was going on in, like, the weird rock quarry area of whatever. I don't even know what that place Kessel. The, the ca- was. It, but was that what they... Was it the, he kept the called Spice the Spice Mines of Kessel. Kessel. But, but th- that was after he flew into the clouds, though, when he took off into the nebula or whatever it is, the maelstrom. Mm. When the TIE fighters were chasing him, there was all this debris, but there was, like, this hard rock bed that he found mm. there somewhere along the lines. He's like, I'm going to use my landing gear, and it's going to be amazing because I saw my friend do this, and he died doing it. But hopefully that doesn't happen here. I, there was a lot of that that I really thought was modern Star Wars in the sense that you know you have the effects to do it now, but I thought that was a lot of fun. I liked that stuff a lot. I, I guess I'm just a sucker for space fights. I don't no, know. I'm yeah, no, I'm totally down. Like there's this weird thing. Like I almost wonder, like uh, how far can you push Star Wars out of melodrama before it becomes Guardians? Though, like I don't yeah. think after watching this one, I was like, I don't think I want the Guardian. Everybody's like, oh, I want like a Guardians of the Galaxy style, like like bo- uh, like bounty hunter movie. But I'm like, yeah, but we already have Guardians. Like yeah. when Lando almost says, are we allowed to curse on this podcast? Well, it's all about shite. Yeah. He says, <laughs> shh. And then like, I was like, no, not in this. <laughs> that word doesn't even exist in that universe. Stop it. Like, I don't like any of the earthly, like, cause to me that becomes like a thing of like, you're trying, you're almost like going to watch a play, but the people are embarrassed. So they keep like going, huh? Or yeah. winking. Like, I'm like, <laughs> you're like you're, they literally don't trust the material enough not to be like, Hey, we're all no. I know this is funny. It's cool. I'm like, yeah, but yeah, we know it's like, melodramatic. Even when, when Beck says Wars. like we're gonna get this, thing, we're gonna blow this to hell or whatever he says, I'm like, I thought I didn't think hell was a concept. No, it's. And, I it, think Han that's, says it in yeah, Empire, okay. so they're allowed okay. to say that a lot. Uh, um, well, not just like, swear, but I'm like blowing this to your Christian hell <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> specifically. <laughs> um, so my my second question that I wanted to ask is, um, and this one's gonna be a big spoiler. Uh, we've already played played the spoiler alert but uh this is going to involve extended universe characters making their way throughout this film um we get a big one at the very end of the film uh darth maul uh pops up at the end of the movie but my question is how do you feel this movie did with its 
intertwining of other characters because I feel like one of the things that the Disney area is not doing well enough is it's great at giving us brand new aliens and, and versions of stormtroopers and things like that, but it's not really giving us enough of what makes Star Wars a connected universe in the sense that like we're always seeing new aliens now. Yeah, that's something I know. Like in uh, Last Jedi, I was like, oh, there's not even there's not a Greedo in this group. At, like these well, guys, there, there was a Greedo that showed up in yeah. the um, the mine. Though, yeah, right? orange yeah. one too. Yeah. I was super Greedo. stoked about stoked yeah. about that. All the sulfur or something. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think we've even seen a prequel era uh, alien in any of these movies, have we? I don't no. think we have. I and think then, that's something that would be really interesting to do. And like that's one of those things where even in the prequels, they could have gone back and retrofitted some of those characters into creatures so that you kind of have like a there is a sort of a a look to a star wars creature that's different than a star trek creature yeah and they're sometimes they're towing this line now where i'm like oh don't like i thought all the stuff in the first bar scene with lando Mm -hmm. was awesome all those creatures i was like yep all to all these things the crab dude and the guy with the ball over his head and the little furry monkey looking guy Mm -hmm. like i'm i'm down with all that um they could have stuck some gungans in that mind. You know that you know that they would have just ended up there by accident. Like, you know. <laughs> well, that would have been funny, but like um even going into like the fact that um you know, you mentioned K2SO from Rogue One earlier. Like why wasn't he just not him specifically, no, but I that model him. of robot should have been back somewhere <laughs> in the movie. Like yeah. Yeah, L three felt a little too advanced for me, which was that's Lando's uh assistant co pilot, right? In the sense that, you know, we're existing in a time before C three PO and he was this like Well no, C three PO exists. Well, but that type well yeah, you saw a couple of those wandering around, but they're so stiff. Yeah, and like the because obviously they were guys in suits walking around, but L three was fully articulated, and its own being, and even more articulate than I'd even say K two S O. Yeah, like and I did. I mean, I I thought L three for the three minutes we got to know them was great. Um, a little, a little off, but I was okay with it because I liked. It was a different type of situation and relationship that you've not really seen in a Star Wars movie in terms of a a, a droid and their companion. You know? Yeah. Um, but it but it felt almost it, the animation of it it just it almost didn't feel Star Wars to me except for the head the head was like that that solid disc or whatever that that felt right but the rest of it felt a little it didn't feel it needed a little it's bit too robotic needed a little be a little bit more robotic like, I liked the character I didn't care for the design I think that's where I that's fell down where you're on going it. With yeah. it yeah like I thought it was um, it was fine like I didn't fall in love with it the character as much i love the idea of them plugging it into the falcon and downloading her so then like stuff like an empire when c3p is like oh where did this thing learn to communicate like you can just imagine <laughs> now the falcon telling c3po where he can stick it when he's asking for see, information I, I like wouldn't have put that together that's yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. awesome yeah. Well, that was the mean, first thing i thought of as soon as they said we're gonna stick her in yeah. the falcon so well that was the big deal because you know lando's like oh she's part of the ship now and i'm like I'm like, but the the ship never talked. Like, I because I was like, I never heard a Star Wars ship talk. So I was waiting. I didn't. But know they how that did was gonna... kind of like always talk about that. Like, C3PO is always telling R2 not to trust strange computers or don't talk to that that don't yeah. talk to that computer and don't talk to that. You know what I mean? So I kind of enjoyed that kind of throwback to like, there's almost like this subset of creatures of computers and robots who can all talk to each other. You know what I mean? Like they almost have their yeah. own their own. Well, that makes world. sense. I didn't pick up on that at all like i mean i say that i mean i guess i mean i guess me enjoying this movie without picking up on any of the stuff that feeds into the later films you know for the most part i didn't catch some of the deep cuts you know so and i still enjoyed it i still enjoyed l3 i still enjoyed 
I still think that they they brought that character out and then they just murdered her in front of everybody and that was the end of that and that was unfortunate especially the whole I, I don't know how you guys felt about the comedy of errors of her freeing the one bot and then telling it to go free like oh, go, go was, free the rest I'm of them. I'm all about droids. Like give I, just, me all I the really kind of liked that escalation. I was, was going to say that. that was the one thing in the movie that I really really liked. I think I liked that the most. Like, what about the one box one with just the feet standing on yeah. top of the buttons <laughs> and walking across the console? Like how did it even get up there? I don't know. But it's like anarchy. Like I liked that. I just like how she says to the one. She's like, "You're free. Go, go." <laughs> and like he goes away, and then he frees another one, and they free another one, and you just see it. You know, here's something that I thought is really fantastic. I feel like we haven't talked any plot, so I know we're running out of time. So I'm just gonna. Yeah run this but um i really enjoyed the fact that it started out it's a street race and then it goes into sort of like this sort of terminator sort of like people living under the ground kids kind of struggling and then like it goes into this very almost dune like yeah. worm creature and it had kind of a spooky quality to it like they didn't push into it too hard but like there was that kind of like old school sci-fi remember like all the 80s sci-fi yeah. where it feels there's like a there's like an unease to when you like you're like oh this is creepy or like, weird when they kept talking about Lady Proxima I wasn't sure what that was until she showed up and then right. I was like oh it's that you know and that that felt if we talk about prequels, that felt a little prequelish to me, which is in a good way. Because I mean, I don't mind having a creature being like, and it's also a precursor to Jabba, right? Like he's, but it like, was like uncomfortable. Yeah. Like yeah. when she's leaning into them, like it felt like, oh man, you don't uh, want yeah. that thing near you. No. And they put that in the same movie as droids standing on computer smashing, like, yeah, we're free. And I'm like, I love it. That's just put all that in there, you know. Well, and then even at the end when they show up at the refinery, and then you get like this basically like town that's been forgotten that wealth was once there and and it provided a service. And there's there is um a settlement that's well it's abandoned now in, in Africa that during World War II uh, Germans occupied it and it was on the coast and there was a diamond mine nearby and it was making bank. And then the moment the diamonds ran out, they left. So like you see the remnants of like this party town basically and it's just being eroded by the sand. And while I was watching this film, I was thinking of that. Like it was very, that felt, that felt almost, I mean, I know it's kind of like the tattooing substitute of like, Hey, it's a planet with desert. And so everyone's poor. Like we had to do that, but I, it was a good, they, you had the underground dark stuff. You had the mud world and even the snow planet stuff with the train heist was really cool. Oh yeah. Too. Like that was fantastic. That I, whole I liked the train heist. Awesome. I liked that segment. I thought that was a fun segment. I'm you, nodding. Sorry. No, <laughs> I was shocked that all that stuff had like in my brain, that was the finale of the movie based on the trailer. I was like, Oh, that's yeah. your finale. The big, the big heist. And I was just like, Oh, this is happening. And like, I was like, it kept like getting me to be like, Oh, what's next. And then when like, when they get to the other planet and you're like, Oh, Kessel wasn't the end. And you're like, I just love that feeling. That's what a good Star Wars movie should do. You watch Lord of the Rings, and it's the old adage now of, well, they go walking, and things happen, but like in 12 hours of extended Lord of the Rings movies, they go from one point to another, and mm -hmm. nothing really crazy happens. If you put 12 hours of Star Wars movies, you see so much stuff, and so <laughs> much design, and so much music, and characters, and I just that's just why you why they're the best, you know? So what, what did you guys think of... Um, uh, Crap! I was with his uh, vision. P uh, Paul Bettany as uh, he's fine. <laughs> I think. I think that, again, they should have leaned more into him being uh, like under the thumb of this other guy, yeah, Dryden Voss. That's yeah, the like name. he showed. Like to me, like if they'd had him be feeling more like he was under pressure, sort of like he's uh, like in the, like in a gangster world. Even if you're a top dog, there's always one guy who could still be like, and you're gone. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I kind of got that vibe a little bit whenever they screwed up the the train heist, right? Because right. he's like, I got to have something right. for my mat. Like, for, you know, you don't know the people I deal with, and I. I liked the criminal underworld element to this that because I mean it's Han Solo you know like even though that's a 
I don't know how I felt about the end where he's like, ah, Beck was talking about this this whole thing happening on Tatooine. That's a good idea. It's like, I didn't need that right then. You know, eventually he gets tossed in with, with Jabba. We didn't need him immediately running off to him at the end of this movie. That felt a little a little forced. I assume that uh, he was working for Jabba when he kept saying, you know who I work yeah. for. That's who I just assumed yeah. was coming at some point. So like, you have the ending, right? And then we have Darth Maul show up. So we have the idea. So this, like you said before, like you know with these characters... They're not done. So you know they're going to have to try to set up a somewhat sequel situation. Are you happy with where... Like, So do you think there's any chance on this Earth at all that Amelia Clark's going to be in a Darth Maul-based, awesome, underground fighting movie, <laughs> gangster movie? Like, Do you see like that a, being a Like a, a Crimson thing? Dawn spinoff? I yeah. would love that, but I know it's not going to happen. Like, Because that's the stuff that felt closest to me like to the... Um, uh, to some of the, uh, f- not what was the name of the games, uh, the Old Republic video games. Like there was yeah. a lot of the dealing with the different bosses and the different like uh, criminal elements. And I, I liked, I mean, and of course I should have seen it coming from a mile away that if you're going to cast Amelia Clark as somebody that's near a position of power, I should have saw it coming that she was going to take that position of power because she's the mother of dragons. And she had that same cold detached look on her face after she took care of Voss and then calls up, you know, Ma- uh, Maul. And I'm like, Oh, no wonder they cast the Game of Thrones person for this. That was perfect. Well, I kind of liked how they kept hinting with her scar that she was almost like a slave. Like, they yeah, kind of kept hinting yeah. that, like, she belonged to him. You don't know what I've done. You don't. But yeah. in the end, it was really like, I really, like, she, like Han, is like, no, this is my jam now. This has got me out of trouble. I kind of like being with these guys. I know I can take this dude out at some point and become the boss. Yeah. Like, so I thought that was a cool twist that I didn't see coming. Like, I saw, you always knew Beckett, Beck, wait, 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 Beckett? Beck. Beck. Is it Beck or Beckett? I thought it was Tobias Beckett. Beckett, oh. Beckett turned on Beckett. him, but the fact that uh, Han knows he's going to turn on him yeah, he made it okay yeah. with me. Yeah, it's Beckett. Yeah, Beckett. sorry, I kept saying Beck. I, whatever. It's where it's at. Yeah, it's where it's at. Um, so, um, and, and and just one more thing I'll just mention real quick. After we talked about Star Crash last week in A New Hope, and you'd mentioned, Steve, about how Star Wars always looked lived in. This felt lived in, like the the pleasure yacht when they were first getting on there, and just some of the different things. Because you talked about the texture and the color and the the world of Star Wars, this felt like Star Wars to me in the sense that that things were kind of a little dingy around the edges. And I, after you mentioned that to me, I was looking out for it. And I really liked the look of this film. Um, I mean, I guess I guess it takes a lot to do Star Wars wrong, but it felt it felt like it belonged in that proper space you know oh yeah there was nothing in the movie that ever made me like doubt that it was taking place in the star wars universe um i do want to uh say real quick um because i feel like he's gotten glossed over um but like for me the star of this movie and i kind of felt like he was going to be the star of the movie warwick davis oh sorry yes warwick davis (laughs) uh phenomenal some work man uh i mean donald glover is lando like he we haven't talked about that i know that's what i was saying but thinking before i was like we're still in our feeling mode we're in feelings like i I said before i was like i would much rather see a lando movie and now even more so like han can pop up in a lando movie i'm fine with that but like give donald glover his own movie like i just i enjoyed that you present this character at a card game in which you know like he's cheating and winning right and he's just talking like this big game about if you heard a story about me it's true and he's like oh no I'll, we'll go to my ship we'll go to my ship yeah yeah no my robot has to open up the gate it's fine and then you find out basically it has a parking boot on on the millennium falcon and it's like 
that's all you need to know about Lando is that you I know, thought he, they were stealing the, for, for a second I was like oh my god is this literally the or, the legit <laughs> legitimate origin of the Millennium Falcon like he is getting them to steal this thing that he's wanted like he you know what I mean like that would have been pretty awesome that would have been the best but then he had all his capes on there I was like oh I don't think that's true but like well, I literally was like he's literally getting them to steal the ship that's beautiful <laughs> so I know that uh, we're running long here and I do want to talk about the other spinoff that we know is coming but my last thing on Lando is is uh, at the very end of the movie, besides uh, being introduced to um, uh, uh, Darth Maul again and uh, seeing Kira's turn, uh, right before that, we see Tobias Beckett make a turn as well. Yeah. But my question is, wouldn't it have been funnier had it just been Lando? <laughs> like... Like, it's just his thing where, like, he works with whoever is going to pay him the most or whatever. Well, they, I was expecting him to walk through that door, and maybe it's good that they didn't go that route. They kept hinting at, like, how his share kept changing. Yeah. And I was so waiting for Beckett to be like, you know, just be lucky I don't change this again and move away from it. Like, that had been too on the nose, but that's what that felt like the entire time, is that Lando's in a position to actually get something out of this, but... He keeps getting less and less, and his stake is getting bigger and bigger in it. And it's the same thing. I know it's a little, it's a parallel, but I liked that. Um, I I will say this though, even though I wish they would have showed Han actually using his gun, the fact that he just shot Beckett straight out. Like at first, I was worried that it was going to be one of the rebels in the distance. Mm-hmm. Like you just see uh, uh, the young lady uh, Nest. What's her name? In, Fre- in Freeze Nest. Or we didn't whatever. even talk about yeah. that. Yeah. That was the best thing ever. I want a whole movie of that gang and that girl just kick yeah. all kinds of bad guy butt for a second there when she took the helmet off i thought we we're supposed to know who she was and i'm like is that beckett's daughter like i, I was really because he was with Thandy, I, like, I know what you mean and i was yeah. just like oh shit that's different but then it's like oh well whatever that works too i guess um but yeah the fact that like you know han just straight up shoots him like mid monologue or whatever right it's like that like i like that ron howard kept that in i don't well if that was intentionally in there to begin with and it kind of settles the debate about with Lucas changing Han shooting uh, second and, you know, the later editions of Star Wars, right? Like, it, this is the groundwork of him being like, I know the play right now is just to eliminate my target because I've let him talk too long. If not, I'm going to get shot. I liked that. Yeah, was That was I a was, nice moment. And even when Woody Harrelson's like, yeah, I would, you did the right thing. I definitely would have shot you. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, it's almost like that's in a weird way. His Kung Fu training throughout the movie of like, don't trust anybody. And he didn't. And that's why he set yeah. them up at the end. He, so he did that. And then he turns around and shoots him. So he's learning his lessons, even if they're not from a normal teacher who's, positive for you he doesn't want you to learn the lessons you know but did we need his heist to start actually fueling the rebellion that feels like where star wars becomes the small thing again you know the small world of like seven people i'll let jeff go (laughs) oh i'm okay i was okay with it i thought it was interesting like they didn't lean in too too hard they weren't like we're going to see the organas now huh (laughs) huh like you know like i got this guy space jimmy smith is waiting for us and uh yeah, no, I was totally fine with it because they didn't lean in too hard. Like they didn't like they didn't, she didn't go. So I know all the Mon Mothma is waiting for me. We must go. Like <laughs> it still seemed like she. It was like I'm just going to go deliver this to these people that might be able to help one day. Like one of her gang members is making an X wing, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like slowly making a model. You know. Well, like, I mean, the only thing that I can say about that is, is I didn't understand what Han's motivation was. Because even in A New Hope, he's ready to leave Luke and Leia yeah. and everybody and just be like. I'm out of here. I got my cash. I'm going in. It's only until Chewie's like, hey, don't be a dick. Go help these guys. That, like, you know, he intervenes. And that's kind of his turn in that movie. 
I didn't quite understand why he was like, we're just going to take this and be rich. Yeah. Like, I didn't understand why he didn't go that route. I understand that it's a movie and they need Han to be the hero, but I never felt like I got a motivation for that. Yeah, me neither. I don't know. I just, I thought it was just, again, another moment of like the one character that never wanted to be part of the rebellion and, and, you know, in the original Star Wars, he inadvertently starts that fire and walks away from it then. It's just, I don't know. Like, it's, it's, it's interesting. But it does feel like they're trying to keep all of all of this galaxy far, far away in one really small corner. And I don't like that. I mean, like the rebellion could have happened organically without him, you know, and I feel like that was starting. He just bankrolled them, you know, and, and I, it was OK. It just felt like a little too tidy of an explanation of what they're going to do. You know, I did like the double cross and double cross and double cross there, though. That was kind of a fun little bit of like. You know, with with Beckett like turning on him, but then him knowing Beckett was going to turn on him, I kind of yeah. like that. And I also like it whenever Beckett realizes the situation has changed, and he starts shooting people, and he's like, "I'm thinking," and I I need to you know I need everybody to be quiet while I hold the gun while I think. Whatever. Yeah, like, I thought that was pretty great. Yeah, he was um, great. Yeah. Um. So overall, I really really enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed it more than Rogue One, which I don't know why. I just think that Rogue One, the main character, never ever rebelled. I know we talked about that previously. <laughs> Um, I just this one was more fun. The stakes were lower. Um, I like the Last Jedi, but I feel like this for me it was a good palate cleanser. And Jeff, you may not know this, uh, Steve. I admitted this last week. I don't own any Star Wars films. I don't know why. I just never have any of them. I might just go grab this one just because I think this would be a good, fun put in the background while you're working on something movie. Hmm. Yeah, we've watched Return of the Jedi twice this week, so I don't know what you're talking about. I, I have no concept of what you're saying. Yeah, right I, just, I just don't. I don't own. Any, I don't know why I just don't own any Star Wars. It just never occurred to me. You need to get the despecialized ones. Well, I mean, I watched the one. Steve let me borrow his first one. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like this is one that, like, my wife hasn't seen this movie, and I know with even with all the deep cut stuff going on, and then the Darth Maul thing would kind of confuse her because you know why wouldn't it? Because it's kind of weird that it shows up. I liked it, but it requires some explanation once you get past it. I think she would like this because I think the problem is recently with all the Star Wars stuff, I feel like it's it's also connected that it's a big commitment just to get caught up to watch the one. Yeah. Even if even if you're aware that Rogue One isn't connected, it really is. Let's just be honest. You know, well, I know I, I know there was a lot of confusion of the timeline for Rogue One for people I know. Like it's yeah. always interesting when I have somebody who doesn't isn't into stuff that was like, Oh, is that like I didn't why was Darth Vader there? I thought he died. And I'm like, oh, like you really missed all Like I feel like, oh, no. So I don't know. I think I'll probably end up grabbing this one. Yeah. I mean, overall, I came in. I mean, are we talking about just where we're ranking it? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I mean, this will be the first one I'll probably I buy. want a yeah. sequel, and I would like a Lando sequel, but they never come in contact again until the third one. I think that would be a cool way to do a the world, trilogy. the World Series of Sabat. Like they, like, you know, in, in New Vegas, and he gets I'm sorry. Cloud uh, City. Yeah, Canto Bite. That's where they meet. Yeah. Well, I mean, overall, my feeling was was that like it never. It was an okay movie, and it never exceeded that. Like Rogue One, I walked into and I didn't have much expectations for, and it blew me away. This, I walked in hoping for a Rogue One experience, and I got a an okay movie. Like I. I wanted to love it. I wanted to be like, yeah, like I hear Jeff talking about it. I'm like, because I, I walked into this and I was like, God, I don't want to be that guy again. I don't want to be the guy. <laughs> well, it almost like, gave you too much of what it's almost like you said at the beginning. It's like it gave you exactly what you everybody wanted or they thought that you wanted yeah. to see, which is strange in a way. So it's almost like there's nothing. The thing that I loved about Last Jedi so much was that I was like, oh, I didn't know that's 
I wanted that and I wanted this and I wanted to see that. Like it gave me that feeling of like unknowingness where this one I was like, I know what's going to happen. I just don't know exactly the the yeah. many parts maybe. What, was there any uh, fade wipes in this movie? I don't, I don't remember seeing a single fade wipe. No, but they need to bring that back because that's one of the things yeah. that makes Star Wars. I do think there is a thing where they need to like decide what Star Wars looks like and stick to it a little I bit. I mean, I'm okay with that because it felt like that made it more of a like even even not to go back in the movie too much. Even the way the title came in, like they had the two or three little screens of explanation, and then you actually see the logo of the film in the film. Like yeah. that was that gave me that feeling of like that that same thing I was talking about earlier. Like. That Blade Runnery, like, like yeah. that quiet, like, words, <laughs> words, <laughs> words, and then something happens. Like that <laughs> makes me so happy yeah. when you're just being sort of pulled along, like you don't know exactly what's happening. Just talking about, it, I'm like, yeah, let's go watch Blade Runner now. <laughs> I think to that extent too. I think they have to think about what it is that they're trying to do with the stories that they're telling, um, in the sense that like the inclusion of Darth Maul in this movie. Uh, there's a whole lot of people who are like, what? Like, you talk yeah. about people being confused. If you watch by all Rogue the cartoons, One. you're just like, oh my God. So, like, here's what I was going to tell you. I was going to save this for the show. Because uh, I had, I, I read today that Ron Howard, when he took over production, he read through the script. He's like, well, okay, they must know who they're answering to. And he's like, because he's like, basically, he thought Disney wasn't going to tell him until he got into the production. That wasn't decided. He was actually given a list of different characters that could be the head of Crimson Dawn. And he went to his son, who's like 31 years old, and he said, "He said my son golfs. He's a business guy. He's like, but he's a huge Star Wars fan. But he's like basically saying he loves Star Wars, but he's like the average guy. He's like, so I had to, I went over to my son and whispered to him, you know, who it could be. And he said my son lost his mind about being Darth Maul. So he's like, that's why I went with that. And I think it's the same thing you're talking about. How this is going to be someone's first Han Solo." That's the generation that like Darth Maul is like that. He's the shit. So yeah, bring him back. And I love that Rod Howard kind of crowdsourced it for a minute and be like, yeah, my son loves this. He doesn't know anything but Star Wars. Let's do it. Makes me wonder who else is on that list though, which we'll never know. Yeah, but those kind of thoughts keep you up at night, man. (laughs) The one thing I'll say about that too, though, is is that going back to the idea of them trying to figure out like what they're doing with the anthologies versus the saga films. You know, we've seen Darth Maul's end twice now. If you watch Rebels... Yeah, the top part and the bottom part <laughs> fell. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a fan of, of Rebels, actually it's my favorite episode of Rebels because it focuses on Obi-Wan and Darth Maul's last... I got emotional as an adult man watching a cartoon that I was not prepared for. I was like, <laughs> what is happening right now? We had it cranked up on the surround sound while we were watching it, and I was just like... So yeah, I mean, it's a character that we've seen die twice now, and now he's inserted into a movie. So I think they need to kind of figure out how they're going to play with the different series as far as... But are they going to do anything with it? That's the thing. But don't hint at something like... To me, that's the... Like, at the end of... Remember, the end of Batman Begins has that gorgeous scene on the roof, and he flips in the card, and it's the Joker. Taste for the theatrical, and then jumps off the roof, and you're just like... This can't come fast enough. Yeah, but that is—I don't see this anything coming from. Like, there's no way like anybody's signing up for that movie. So we'll talk about the next uh, Star Wars story that's being talked about now. But we'll also mention here: this movie didn't perform even with the 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 uh, lesser expectations yeah. and projections. And and they say roughly, people believe that due to the reshoots of this film that and with marketing all rolled in together, it was coming in around somewhere four hundred million, and it, and it made. <laughs> 130 total like we're talking like 80 some 
uh, stateside and then some international. And so Disney it's not collapsed. Even... They're like, that's it. We're done. Yeah. And so the rumor is now they're like, well, maybe we should space these out more. It's like, no. I like you have like you prove that you can put together the right teams for Marvel, but I also think there's more diverse people working on all the Marvel movies. Well, with this, it's like they've kind of kept a lot of it in house, and they've not given a chance to kind of take this bigger. But chances. Feige's been known to like, like how are they getting away with squeezing talent while letting them kind of be like the fact that oh sorry Thor Ragnarok even exists in this timeline with app of pre infinity yeah. war is shocking to me because yeah. even that's why, I mean, there's no Edgar Wright Ant-Man, which we were talking about earlier because he was wanting to do an Edgar Wright movie. And they were like, no, you're making a Marvel movie. And he's like, all right, well then I'm going to go make something else. Then. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, how are they getting away with nobody being ticked off? Like how are, is he like the nicest guy that he can literally no pun intended. I don't know if this is even a pun Jedi mind trick him like people into doing the movies that the way they want them to do, but within, but giving them just enough leeway to let them feel like they made choices or. Well, and the fact that both of these standalone star Wars stories had trouble behind the scenes and had to bring in people to fix them and bring them back on track makes me wonder. And then even with dismissing of Colin Trevorrow for episode nine. And like, like our next story we're talking about yeah. is they had, uh, Josh Trank was full on steam. They were making the Boba Fett movie yeah, they were. and there was going to be scenes that were going to tie in. And then he pooched all of his life and <laughs> like, they were like yoink, but like that whole idea of like, Oh, we're going to just give it to these young people and let them do their thing. Obviously is not really what they want, you know? So, so that's the, I guess that's what we'll bring the, we'll bring this around to this, to the end. Uh, Cause I know Jeff, I know you love this movie. I know Steve is, he liked it, but it's not, it's a, we'll it's, go see it together. Yeah. All right. I'll hold yeah. your hand, man. I just, I, it's, <laughs> just funny. it's just funny that there's a Star Wars movie that I think I liked more than Steve. I just don't understand how that's possible. But, you know, whatever. I'll watch yeah. the Ewok adventures if you ask me. Like, I have no pro- I have no, I, I'll just watch Star be Wars fair, all the time. I really like Star Crash more than Steve did, too. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, James Mangold, the guy who directed uh, Logan, right? And The Wolverine, um, he's doing a Boba Fett movie. I think that's a good choice for a director because that is a beauty. If you've choice. not seen 310 to Yuma, his remake, that's a really good Western. And Boba Fett, even though people say that Solo is a Western, in a way it kind of has some tropes of it. The Boba Fett movie needs to be a Western. I need to. I, I want this in the far edge of space. So I just like, put something yeah. together in my brain because you just <laughs> said a thing, and my my nerd radar went kabadoosh. So there was, if for the for Han Solo, it was down to Christian Bale and Woody Harrelson for Beckett. And there's uh, rumors that Christian Bale is still floating around Disney a lot. So do you think that, it, I mean, if he made 310 to Yuma with Christian Bale, does that mean we're getting Christian Bale in, three, in, in I Boba see Fett? Christian not as, a, I want to see him as a bad guy. I yeah, to, yeah, not as Boba Fett, but yeah. like as a sure. character in a Star Wars film. Yeah. I'm way down with that. Yeah, why not? I think it'd be great. So when it comes to like where they're going to place this movie, there's two ideas that I've heard of that I like, and they both involve... The end of uh, Return of the Jedi. One is that, like, after it explodes, we cut to the sand dune and he he flies out. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, and we just pick up there. The other one that I've he- I've heard is is that like someone comes upon a suit and calls themselves Boba Fett, and eh. I kind of mm. like that idea in the sense that it's separ- it, it's you no longer have to worry about it being connected to the rest of like oh he's a clone of. You know, the clone troopers from the second movie and, like, all that so stuff. So I'm going to drop so. a nerd brain on you. So <laughs> I read all of the EU books starting after, like, uh, the whole thing with the... What were the bug people? The uh, Yuzong the Bong, the Yuzong Bong War. So oh. all the books after that. Yeah. So there's this... Ama- Karen Travis, you said they did 
every three books, so there's three authors, so they would switch off. But the Karen Travis books, I believe it was her, she would always have Boba Fett. He's all old, and he's so rich, he literally doesn't even know what to do. But he's spending all this time hunting down Kaminoans to f- keep him going because he's like slowly deteriorating. There's nobody who Does can he just medically keep help him. Does rocket off of his back <laughs> yeah, at people? That's yeah. it. Like- but so he becomes this like super wealthy guy who doesn't want any responsibility for his home planet, who could do anything for anybody, and he like takes on other people and trains them and things hmm. and it's this really awesome and they treat him within a really interesting idea of him being like this badass old gunslinger who doesn't take anything from anybody but literally doesn't have to work he just does it because he doesn't know what else to do <laughs> and it's this like amazing idea that i think would be a cool that's not a bad idea i will say if they go prequel era or in between the prequels and uh a new hope um if you're going to reintroduce Darth Maul, there's one character who I think would be great in a Boba Fett movie as either an adversary or somebody he works with, but I want Cad Bane. If you yeah, know who Cad Bane awesome. is. I've seen pictures. That's the dude with the hat, right? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's in Star Wars K. He's known as the dude with the hat. I don't know. Glowy <laughs> yeah. eyes, dude with the hat, right? That's something uh, like I that. mean, that's my vote if they're going to do it in that era. Um, but I like that gunslinger idea. I like that idea of him, you know, having survived the the... They should just have the first 20 minutes of him in Geonosis with his dad's helmet, like trying to shake the head out. (laughs) Just sitting there, just like, (laughs) come on, Dad, come on. Like a montage. You're trying to wedge it out. Like, it's like an adventure. It's like, like Like when you get like a Lego head stuck in the the hair and you can't get it out. Oh, that'd be the Lego movie version, the Lego game version of that moment where it's just like, that would be great. Anyway, yeah, I feel like we could talk like 7,000 more hours of this, but no, I I thought it was good. Jeff loved it. Steve is, you know, he's just a hater. I came in on the middle on it. Steve's a hater. He's a hater. I don't know. (laughs) I just didn't want to be that guy. I should have lied. Yeah, no. All right, so yeah, that's gonna do it for that. Um, before we get to the game, um, do we, yeah, no, do we do? Yeah, we talk about stuff before before the game. I can't even remember our own show. Uh, Jeff, how can people find you, and what are you doing? Uh, right now, I'm uh, just going back to work. I'm done with my winter con schedule. My next con will be uh, Cincinnati Comic Expo, which I'm super stoked about. That's a stacked lineup too. I keep seeing them add people yeah, to that. Peter Mayhew's coming, so my kids are. My kids have learned that when you go to cons and they help me work and they do stuff and they actually sell art now, and um, which is pretty awesome, and they actually sign autographs, which is pretty great. But they get to meet people they love and artists they love, so that's pretty fun. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Fred Paints, Instagram, Fred Paints 23 I don't know. I'm Aren't you selling some T-shirts now? I'm joking. <laughs> I know. Yeah, right? <laughs> Somebody's selling my T-shirts. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just, you know, people that take art without permission and go sell them as t-shirts are the lowest of the low so i'll just i gotta say that the motifi group that like the people who they're stealing my stuff and uploading it uh the people who are actually making it and selling it have been really great like they've to the point where we're on now on a first name basis i send them the clip the picture they go we took it down no with so a nice they're, they're just the the production facility and that's they how think... they're getting away yeah okay. yeah so yeah. it'd be like you could go any to, you could go do something and draw something and put it up and have t-shirts made so that's basically what they're okay. doing but they've been great yeah so um, and, and how can they find you, Steve? Like uh, outside Solo, watching Solo again. Uh, check your local bars. Um, <laughs> no, uh, uh, you can find me at the Saturday Night Slasher uh, We actually just started a Twitter for it and an Instagram. Uh, just look for Saturday Night Slasher. Do you like um, post on Saturdays? 
No, no, but uh, <laughs> like, hey, I'm, I'm make learning. Make sure that you're out and about. No reason. I'm learning <laughs> the Instagrams because I'm like, wait, what? What? I, no, I don't want to post a story. Wait, what is a story? And then like it turns into this whole thing. I, I've become an old man using uh, social media, so I'm I'm finding my way on the Instagrams. Yeah, I, so. I, just, I see people like they just post photos and people like them. I, I like kitchen still on Facebook. I guess not. Right? I'm so. going to be working on. We're, I'm doing this comic book with these guys out in California. We're going to do the from the office the Jimmy. Albert Bearman comic as a comic <laughs> and they set up a Instagram account for it and it has like 2,000 followers and I haven't posted one drawing one anything because they're just really good at the algorithms and promoting like that's what they oh, do wow. and they're like oh dude we're gonna wait till it's like I think the other day it was like over 1,500 that's like nice. double what I have on my own personal one and I actually try so I don't know how the algorithms work Steve but I cannot tell you how they do yeah. <laughs> I mean when it comes to Facebook like we have a thousand followers on Facebook but then it's always like you know 40 people saw this I'm like well what uh, happened why? Yeah, the worst. So that's why we started the Instagram and the, the the Twitter. Yeah. So Facebook is the worst. You can find us on Facebook, um, and we're I'm also we're also on VageOfThePodcast.com. It links to our blog where I've been watching additional movies for the year of the knockoff, and I'm just going to invite Steve and Jeff to both watch 1978's Message from Space. Have you seen this? Jeff? I don't think so. It's Japanese Star Wars. Like they, um, it's it's a. Basically, they saw Star Wars and said, hey, George Lucas ripped off uh, Kurosawa. We're going to make a Star Wars film that, like, it's this weird, like, echo chamber of, like, you know, it's a Japanese film that's definitely like Star Wars, and it's pretty great, like, oh, actually. Like, uh, happy. It, it was, at the time when it was made, it was the most expensive film ever produced in Japan until, like, the 90s. And it's directed by the guy that would go on to direct Battle Royale, which I didn't write that in the blog, but I remember that now. So Battle Royale is a pretty important film. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And it's not the greatest movie, but when you have a, when you have, um, a Darth Vader stand-in that looks like a badass samurai, like a literal samurai, and you have Sonny Chiba in it as well, how do you not want to see this movie? It's pretty I, great. I need, to, I need to have this. Yeah, so go check out my, my thoughts on Message in Space. There'll be more stuff coming. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Music. Please find us, rate us, and review us. That'd be helpful so more people could listen to us, so the algorithm can work. That would be amazing. So uh, enough about that. Let's just go on to the game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. I'm going to show. I'm going to show Jeff a picture of Samurai. Uh, where did he go? I'm going to show him that that Darth Vader lookalike that I sent you, Steve. Look at that. Is that not a badass looking? That is awesome. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Who and is the guy? Who's this? That's uh, I don't know who that is. Um, is that a person or a the, the, costume? That's, the, that's his bad guys that he has with them. They all have like those like pointy hats, you know. Uh, but and then these good guys are escaping from this galaxy. They actually literally escape on a space ship. Like it's like uh, like it looks like a. Uh, an old wooden ship with sails and then, and, and they fly it off into space and you see them with like the wheel and everything. And it's the only, it's the only ship in the movie that looks like the, the rest of it looks like star Wars. It's, it's a weird movie, but it's great. God bless him. Yeah. So anyway, enough about the game, enough about Samurai. Let's get to the game. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Today we're going to be playing a game of jeopardy. Uh, it's the, uh, time of year where summer movies are coming out. So we base this game on summer movies and I'm pitting, uh, Paul against, 
uh, Jeff here in their ultimate knowledge of uh, summer movies. Uh, as a reminder, since it's Jeopardy, you should be answering in the form of a question, as in, you know, what is summer school or, you know, what is um, the Rocketeer kind okay. of thing. So those are two answers. Good. Yes. Make a note. Right. We've got uh, five categories. Uh, and I'll go ahead and explain them as we go along. Uh, so the first category is Catch You on the Flip-Flop. Catch You on the Flip-Flop is all about uh, summer movies that flopped at the box office. The you next like Solo? <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Too oh, soon. Oh, oh. Um, you shot first. <laughs> the uh, next category is Where's the Sequel? And this is all about movie sequels or summer movie sequels. We'll put it that way. Uh, the next category after that is action figures. This is all about the uh, figures that the uh, films made at the box office, like your oh, okay. box office uh, uh, numbers. Uh, next one is 1993. This is all about summer movies that came out in the year of 1993. Apple named. And then the last category is Let's Get Animated. Uh, these are all movies. <laughs> mine says what's on TV. That's what mine does. Oh. Like, I thought I was bad at the <laughs> okay. reading we're learning. So, all right, so Let's Get Animated. Is let's what Get Animated. Called. I apologize. Uh, that was originally what the category was going to be, but I couldn't find enough TV show <laughs> movies that had come out uh, during the summer uh, when I was doing my research, and I changed it. So all I apologize right. no, for that. No, that's pretty great. Yeah. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, and in typical Jeopardy fashion, the questions, there's five questions for each category. You can go ahead and keep scores if you want. I'm not going to, so uh, <laughs> feel free to, you know, pick whatever This is all a sham want. anyway, so let's just get it all, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like whose line. The points don't really matter. So, uh, Jeff, since you're the guest, I'll let you pick the first category. Okay, let's go with uh, where's the sequel for 200, please. Alrighty, so where's the sequel? Uh, for 200, Robert Patrick stepped into star in this sequel that was definitely set on cruise control. Would that be Speed 2? That would be Speed 2. It's Jason cruise. Patrick, not Robert Patrick. Robert. Is it Jason Patrick? I, that's, I was yeah. thinking Robert Patrick from... Uh, <laughs> like, I was thinking it was a Terminator 2 question. No, it's Jason that's Patrick. That's where I was going. Uh, I get the points anyway because I Who answered. made this game? <laughs> I... I I'm sorry, really, I'm oh, so sorry. Who is Sandra Bullock? That's who that was supposed to be. Yeah. Oh man! But I like that. I like Robert Patrick on this because he he'll just be on the boat running the same speed no matter what. <laughs> Which makes me just think that like every all question, the answers are wrong. Uh, yeah, I should just do that for <laughs> this is the best next time. game show ever. We're gonna put one wrong bit of information into every question. It's up to you to decide. Right. We just invented. Let's copyright that real quick. Yeah, Invasion the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, so what do we want for the next question? That's You You won, Jeff, so you go on. Okay, yeah. let's go with uh, where's the sequel for 400? All righty. God, I hope this is right. Um, Vigo discovered that it was illegal to try to battle these boys in this 19, 1989 sequel. Would that be Ghostbusters 2? It would be Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, I can't correct There's you no on that, so that's great. <laughs> Am uh, I still going? Am yep. I just yeah. pure Jeopardy? You're going to sweep it all. And all since right. we don't have buzzers, you Let's guys can just jump in. Let's go with where's the sequel again. All righty. For 600? For 600, Like yes, I can't, Like it matters. But <laughs> all right. Irvin Kirshner directed this sequel that is not The Empire Strikes Back. RoboCop 2. Yep. Wow. It had to have drama. Yeah. <laughs> Same category? Sure. Let's run this table. All righty. The tagline on the poster for this 2002 sequel was Back in Black. <laughs> What is Men in Black 2? That is correct. Okay. 
That, and that was what? Uh, 600. 600? No. No, that uh, was 800. 800. 800. Okay. All right. Well, I'll take 1,000 for Where's the Sequel. All righty. Uh, Hillary Swank replaced the aging star of this franchise with this sequel. Next Karate Kid? That is correct, Jeff. Last time well, I was really bad at these games, and I'm feeling good. I could just walk out now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got... Um, uh, you get to pick the next topic. Okay, let's go action figures for 200, All righty. Steve. You have to say your name like that, right? Alex. Um, so uh, Bruce the Shark starred in this movie, which was the first film to earn $100 million at the box office. What is Jaws? That is correct. All right, I'll take, um, I'll take what's on TV. For t- no, I'm joking. I'll, ta- I'll, take, uh, I'll take action figures for 400. All righty. So when not oiling themselves up for hot volleyball action, these fighter pilots grossed a cool $426 million in the summer of 1986. Top gun. That is correct, Jeffrey. Or Jeff, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm getting your name wrong now. Just it's, That's my actual whole okay. name. I mean, you're not wrong about <laughs> you're that. Not right. I mean, you're but not you're like, not right. <laughs> let's just be honest. Yeah, so. I just always get weird when anybody calls me Steven. So. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, oh. Steven. <laughs> 1993 for 200. All righty. Uh, this film was so pre- preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think <laughs> if they should. That would be uh, Jurassic Park. That is correct. I would have got that wrong. I would have been like flatliners, but that's like, <laughs> doesn't mean really, you got you know, they shouldn't have done that either. That is true. Yeah. Pure gold. Boom. Let's go 400 on 93 again. All righty. Jack Slater is the fictional cop for this movie within a movie. Oh. What is the last action oh. hero? That is correct. I was going to say Last Boy Scout. Yeah, same thing. All right. Let's do, uh, we'll do Catch You on the Flip Flop for 200. All righty. <laughs> this is a good one. George Clooney has often posited that he almost killed a franchise with this neon infused cinematic turd. Oh, what is Batman and Robin? That is correct. I almost said forever. That's what I said. Returns. I was going to say Ocean's 12. No. Um, all right. Uh, catch on the flip flop 400. All righty. The box office was cutthroat for this Rennie Harlan directed pirate movie starring his then wife, Gina Davis. What is Cutthroat Island? That is correct. 600. All righty. John Travolta willed this sci fi flop into existence using the special powers of Scientology. Battlefield Earth. That is correct. Let's do 800 on that one. All righty. Han Solo and 007 teamed up for a movie no one wanted in this 2011 to- disappointment. 2011? Wait, say it again. Han Solo and 007 teamed up for a movie no one wanted in this 2011 disappointment. Which James Bond? Oh, no, that's... Cowboys and Aliens. Oh, that's, that's correct. Right. I own that. I was thinking... Uh... <laughs> I've never seen oh, it. Like, I just wait, know that just it was... Please, please note, I want everybody to stop... I own no Star Wars films, <laughs> but I own Cowboys and Aliens, directed by what's his face, the Iron Man director. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, John Favreau, yeah, four armed guy. John yeah. <laughs> by Rio, it's directed by Rio. Yeah, and that's why he died. I didn't mind. It was okay. It wasn't great, but it was okay. It wasn't great. It was a great idea. Yeah, I, I didn't see it, so I. Well, if you'd like to borrow it sometime, <laughs> yeah. Let's go 1,000 on the flippity-flop. All righty. Nominated for five Razzies, this movie proved to be an unfortunate combination of science fiction and Eddie Murphy. A Pluto Nash? What, uh, is, Pluto, what is The Adventures of Pluto Nash? That is correct. The, is that the first time we've answered with a question? Yeah, okay. it is, actually. We should ask a random question, like, what's your favorite color? And yeah. then say Pluto uh, Nash. Uh, Pluto Nash. <laughs> that was my first car was an 87 Pluto Nash. All right. So um, <laughs> it's, it sucked, too. Uh, all right. Let's do action figures 600. 
Alrighty. Unfortunately, Patrick Swayze didn't rip anyone's throat out, but rather focused on his pottery in this film that somehow made four hundred and fifty-seven million dollars. Ghost. I, yeah, what well, is? <laughs> what is? What is your dog's name? Ghost. <laughs> that is correct. Let's do eight hundred action figures. All right. Despite featuring a song by Nickelback's Chad Kroger, this superhero film managed to make six hundred and seventeen million dollars in the summer of two thousand two. Spider-Man Two. What is? Your mom's name, what is Spider-Man 2? Yeah. It was Spider-Man 1. That is incorrect. One. Yes, oh, it's Spider-Man no. 1. Yeah, it's a song, Hero. That, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, so I'll do action figures for a 1,000. All righty. Uh, this 1976 film earned not only $262 million upon its release, it also earned its director the chance to prove that a man could fly. Oh, shoot. Uh, there's a Richard Donner film, but you said 76? Oh, I have no idea. All right, Jeff? Nothing. We're looking for what is the omen. Oh, oh. okay. Yeah, all right. guess no one gets that one. All right, so uh, we'll, do, uh, we'll do 93 for 600. All righty. This Ain't No Game was the tagline of this film's poster. What is Rollerball? No. Okay. What is Jeff? the most dangerous game? Wait, what's that? What's that? Surviving the game? Surviving the game? <laughs> surviving the is game? it surviving the Please tell me it is. We it, just had a conversation about this. It day. is not. It was uh, the Super Mario Brothers game movie. Oh, uh, no. All right. I do want to watch Surviving the Game now. Yeah. I, I want to see that, too. I, I remember liking it the one time I watched it. Yeah. I don't own that one, though. I own Cowboys and Aliens. All right. So, uh, 1983 for 800. All righty. In this romantic comedy, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan both suffered from insomnia in the city that gave us Starbucks coffee. What is surviving the game? No. <laughs> what, what is uh, Sleepless in Seattle? That is correct, sir. And do you want to finish this one sure, out? Let's do it for a thousand. All right. Directed by Wolfgang Peterson, this film centered on Clint Eastwood trying to stop a presidential assassination attempt. What is in the line of fire? That is correct. Mm. I feel like I'm the only one who ever remembers that movie, so I'm glad someone else does. It was Malcolm like one of his baby. last kind of actiony things that he yeah. said he would do before he yeah. started talking to inanimate objects. Invisible, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, inanimate objects. <laughs> yeah. I saw a yeah. picture of him. T- reading that newspaper to that orangutan from every which way but loose, and I was like, "See, it started right there. We should have got in there." He was doing so good, nobody cared. It's like yeah. that was his coke habit talking yeah. to things that weren't there. <laughs> All right, so the last category left here is let's get animated, not what's on, on TV. TV. Okay, two hundred. All righty, Jonathan Taylor Thomas was the pride of the jungle in this 1994 film. What is the Lion King? That is correct. Okay. Oh, is it? Yeah, <laughs> he was Simba, right? Yeah, yeah. Alrighty, are we staying with 400? Sure. All right. Release prints of this long-awaited animated movie were titled Yellow Harvest when sent to theaters. Animated movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, it's because it's what the animated Yellow Harvest. Um, I know that's a Star Wars joke, and it's animated. Uh, Is it the Clone Wars? Nope. Okay, I was going for Star Wars. Did you say a year or anything? I was no, I didn't. What what is Titan AE? I don't know. No, that okay. is incorrect. It was the Simpsons movie, Yellow oh, Harvest. Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah, all right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. all right. Six hundred. righty. Chris Farley had done some voice work for the title character of this film. What before. is Shrek? All righty. <laughs> Fair they actually, enough. They did some early they had some early yeah, work of him as Shrek, and then that's why he kind of looks like that. Yeah. yeah. All righty. Uh, uh, for eight hundred? Yeah. We've got uh, Matt Damon and Drew Barrymore starred in this animated film, which was Don Bluth's last. 
Is that the answer I'm thinking it is? I think so. If it... Oh, what is tight name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was it's like, like you, you literally just said it like, like a minute ago. You almost like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of my dog? <laughs> yeah, Titan AE. All right, yeah. Wow, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, a thousand. All righty. This animated failure had live action si- segments starring Bill Murray as a slovenly, unhygienic zookeeper. Uh, what is Osmosis Jones? Wow, I didn't think anybody remembered that movie, but. I don't even. Is that. I don't know. They had, um, is that another Eddie Murphy? Oh, uh, it wasn't Eddie Murphy. It's Chris Rock. Yeah, and, and David Hyde Pierce. Yeah. Yeah. He's the antibody or whatever. And yeah. <laughs> I've never seen this just film. Just say those two names to any know. kid under the yeah. age of 25. and that what, just, what, How are those people in a movie? Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. All uh, right. We've got Final Jeopardy, guys. Oh, so you oh, got to oh, figure oh. out what you're going to wager. Um, uh, all of it. All of it. All right. <laughs> Suck put, it, Trebek. That's what I'm going to wager. <laughs> mom. Yeah. Turd Ferguson. I almost wrote down what I was going to bet because like, it mattered. <laughs> I'm such a good guest. All righty. So Final Jeopardy question is... This blockbuster superhero film was almost cast with Piers Brosnan and Robin Williams in starring roles. Wait, can you repeat that before? Sure. This blockbuster superhero film was almost cast with Piers Brosnan and Robin Williams in starring roles. In the same film? Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess silence. I should say something because I'm like no, trying no, to think. No, wait. No. But I'm like, oh, silence probably isn't good I, for the I think I know what it is, but okay. also I'll write it down. That's because it's Final Jeopardy, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of Foley work going on here today, folks. You'll notice that I... Oh, uh, hey, come in. I yeah. printed... Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'll see you guys later. I, I printed my questions in large font. Yeah, nice. <laughs> all righty. So, Jeff, uh, what did you answer? I didn't. I'm just going to say the Batman. You are correct, sir. Yeah. So I was going to say Batman Forever. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it was actually Batman. Uh, Robin Williams was considered for the Joker and Pierce Brosnan oh, for Batman. So he was the, the original Batman. Well, not original. Yeah. Okay. The Michael oh. Keaton. Uh, now we do Jackson. all know that Bill Murray was originally going to be the Batman at one point in the before. Michael I was going to really? use that. Um, they even have pictures of him drawing. Really? Yeah. And I want to wow. see that more than anything in the world. Right uh, now. Could Dan Aykroyd be Robin then at that point? That would have been amazing. <laughs> he would have done that Detroit accent. That he does in every movie, like, hey, no, just Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis oh is, uh, is Robin. <laughs> yes. Oh man, let's just keep we're spinning gold here tonight. And uh, yeah, it's Bill Murray in the Boba Fett film. That's what we need. That would be perfect. All I right. always thought at the height of like the David Spade, Chris Farley, like height of their career, I thought that like uh, David Spade should have been Batman and Chris Farley should have been Robin. I thought that would have been a fantastic. Oh, that would have been so much fun. Like, it just, <laughs> it never would happen, but it'd be amazing. I, I just like you know that there was the like Jack Black was going to be uh, Guy Gardner in a Green Lantern film. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then they decided not to go funny with it, and I'm like, that could have been something. And yeah. you know what? Why not just still do it? Like, why not just sneak him and this guy Gardner, uh, you know, as a a lantern? That'd be great because you can have multiple lanterns. Yeah, you know? and I mean. DC, you know, just throw the cards down at this point anyway. Like, 
you know. You, you do you know how much how big of a green bong he would have made with it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Gass would have been like his, oh. his I was going to say that's they, Tenacious D2. Oh, which they're making that now. Yeah. So that would be, yeah. They're making a sequel? They are. Yeah. Oh, I Talk, love that, that movie. I love that first movie. Like, I don't know why people, like, it came it came way late, right? But I could watch that on a loop. I love it. Like sh- like it's like a two-hour wind-up for them walking into the club at the beginning of their TV show yes. from 10 years prior, which is, I mean, that's just genius. Come yes, on. it's great. Um, see, that's how you do a prequel, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, so that's how you tie it all together. Anyway, it's going to do it for us this week. Next week, speaking of prequel, sequel, something, something, we're going to be watching YouTube Red's uh, Cobra Kai. So yes. the first two episodes, yeah, for free. I really want to see more. So I'm a huge Karate Kid nerd. So just so you guys know, you could get a 30 day free trial YouTube Reb. So you, Reb YouTube Reb. It's all. It's is it all 30 su- days or is it is it seven days? I thought it was 30 days. Oh, okay. I, I, I was. Don't go on YouTube Reb right now. Reb, yeah, it's, a, it's a lot of Civil War revisionist yeah. history. That's different. But uh, YouTube Red, you could go in there and watch Cobra Kai. We're gonna watch it. It's uh, what 10 episodes, but about a half hour each. Yeah. Uh, pretty quick. Pretty quick watch. I've heard nothing but great things about this. And I'm super excited. Someone described it as the anti-Ready Player One, so I'm in. Like, I cannot wait to watch this. I've heard the digitally animated uh, recreation of uh, Mr. Miyagi is fantastic. <laughs> could they, could the they funny be... thing is it's just Grandma Tarkin with that <laughs> headband on. I just can't flies. wait till Hillary Swank comes back in as the next Karate Kid to mess things up. So <laughs> It would be amazing if she just shows up for no reason. What the hell, you guys? Yeah. Yeah. And she has a little drum that like goes back and forth from the second movie. Yeah. Uh, all right, so yeah, it's going to be... Uh, Cobra Kai next week. Jeff, thank you again for coming on the show uh, talking Star Wars. Um, Anytime you want to come on, please yeah, do. And I know sometimes next week. Yeah, sometimes that Dark Kai. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it now. That Dark Crystal series is gonna come to Netflix eventually, and then we'll talk about that. But if there's anything else coming up or whenever you want to come on the yeah, show. Yeah, we don't have another Star Wars movie for a year and a half now. That's so true. that's true. Yeah. So all right. Anyway, let's go do it for us this week. Again, Jeff, thanks for coming on the show. And next week, definitely no Star Wars talk. I can, I can tell you that, absolutely. Well, probably. I don't know, maybe. Solo box office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feeling free and it feels alright. Oh, time to do the things I like. Gonna see a princess, everything's alright. Oh, no job or the answer to. Ain't a fixture in the palace zoo. No, and since the carpet nights off me, I'm living life now that I'm free. Yeah, told me get myself together. Now I got myself together. Now I made it through the weather. Better days are gonna get better. I'm so happy.
feeling misunderstood Back in the game, who knew I would hold So flat, time I spread my wings Loving myself makes me wanna sing no Get my act together Now I got my act together Now I made it through the weather Better days are gonna get better I'm so happy The carbon night is gone I'm moving on I'm so happy that it's over now The pain is gone I'm putting on my shades To cover up my eyes I'm jumping in my ride I'm heading out tonight I'm solo I'm hot and solo I'm hot and solo I'm hot and solo 